Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This week in League, Anthony Watts looks to expand his penis-biting empire. First Bundaberg, then Newcastle, and finally the world. Forget Stonehenge, Gidley Ruins set to be the next hot tourist destination in England. Fame, wealth, Academy Awards, none of them enough to hold on to a beautiful woman if you're associated with Souths. And we preview all of the action for round eight of the 2015 NRL season. All that more this week in League. Welcome to episode 185 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. How you going, fella? I am juiced to the fucking eyeballs on Coke Zero. Cool. And that's full of all that fake stuff that makes you feel like you're fucking pumped and ready for, ready for a good night. I hope so. I'm going to need another candy shortly, but um, <laughs> yeah. So what, you, what, so what you're doing is you're laying, laying the early groundwork to tell, tell the listeners that... <laughs> Those, things, those times when you're not off in the middle of the this, sentence might, might we're, we're pretty likely to occur this evening. We're only at Tuesday, but this week can get fucked. <laughs> this week in life. Yeah. <laughs> not just this week in league. <laughs> um, first, I want to say, and uh, you know, by the time we listen to this, it'll be too late. It'll be you know, a day late, but I just want to say happy birthday to an absolute fucking pest of a human. Ben, the Ben Zed. Yes. Birthday today. Three yes. years old today. Really? <laughs> he behaves like that. I yeah. don't know that he's actually his age. Um, you know, he's uh, he's already got the present of uh, having completed another twelve months of uh, punching well above his weight for a man that throws in words with extra syllables into uh, into his sentences to make himself seem smarter. Been and, a bit uh, quiet this year. He has. He's been in in uh, Vietnam. And uh, other places um, of, you know, shady reputation, let's say that. We love you long time. (laughs) 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 Look, at the end of the day, the man was in in, in Vietnam and I I think it was a missed opportunity. I think it was a missed opportunity. My friend um, just step on a claymore or? Well, you know, there's got to be some napalm left over there, surely. Yeah, yeah. And... um, could have done the world a favour, but unfortunately, we we, we uh, unable to take up the opportunity. So yeah, happy birthday! <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> okay, mailbag. Now, first thing, last week we had um, the whole fuck marry kill thing. <laughs> couple of people comfortable enough in their sexuality to play along, and when I say a couple, I mean like three or four people total. Aaron Norton on Facebook. For the Titans, James Roberts, Kane, Life's Good, LG, and the kill would have to be a full clip emptied into Bird, Taylor, Falloon, and the other fucking Gronks who have a case of white line fever. And I said, well, okay, thanks for playing, but you're going to need to put some rationale behind, you know, why is James Roberts the fuck, and why is Kane, LG, the marry? 
And he said, well, Caesar's gone, so get LG to stay by refusing to move if worse came to worse. And Roberts, just because. So, <laughs> and uh, Brendan Kelly. <laughs> Not going to move. I, I, I love it. <laughs> Brendan Kelly. Smooth show, lads. Love the fuck, marry, and kill game. Well, we have to do it more often. Of course, you know, it's, it's football, so it's hard to fucking say. Yeah. You know, well, we move on to cheerleaders, I guess, and that's just opening up fucking Pandora's oh. box for you fucking germs. Um, for the Roosters, I'd say RTS, RTS, and RTS. Nah, I can't kill a guy for going back home and doubling his salary. I'd probably just kidnap him and do a face-off operation with Sean Kenny Dow. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my favourite one, Jared, Jar TV on Twitter. I'd kill Kite. He's nearly done. I'd fuck Soward so I could yell pew 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 as I busted. And Moylan would be my submissive wife. <laughs> and then it went back and forth. That's beautiful. And I went back and forth with him a little bit. And then it got to the stage where he coined the, the phrase, well, I said something about Bukaki and he's like, you know, pukaki. And, uh, <laughs> and then Nat Sinclair jumps in and goes, what the fuck did I just read? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Probably should I uh, clued you into the whole fuck Mary kill thing. And um, obviously I'm not going to put you girls in a position to... <laughs> <laughs> you know, start the way your own team could be awkward, but uh, there we go. Uh, Lynn Shields said, uh, I don't believe it, I just did pew pew to my boss. Kudos, promotion kudos coming. Well, I mean, I, I assumed it was a euphemism. Well, yeah, unless you just <laughs> shot a boss, in which case, probably don't tweet us. Yeah. And um, that's evidence, and you're probably wanted for murder now, so maybe lay low for a little while. Stuart Marler. For a mob that puts in rules to avoid being talked about, the NRL uh, NRL refs really do tolerate being talked about positively. <laughs> Mup23. For the eighth time since I've been listening to this week in league and the third time this year, the Titans got up and the Tigers and Seagulls lost. And <laughs> a throwaway statement like that. DJ X-Plane. As if he's not got enough on his plate. <laughs> he, he, sends, he sends me a fucking a diagram of... 2015, Gold Coast, Manly and Western, who won which week and blah, blah, blah. And then 2011 to 2015, and then a 2007 to 2015 table. So, the long and short of it is this. This well, year, I love indeed, that guy. Yeah. And not he's because amazing. he's extremely handsome, which he is. Um, and not because he, I mean, he's got... He's a sensational handsome Manly supporter. I mean, he well, is. I can really and identify I mean, people like he, that. He dresses, he dresses like a male model from Manly. But, fuck, he can work a spreadsheet. Yeah. So, correct, correct. you can't count to three. It has been three times this season. And this is like the only this season where... This of the 2015 NRL season. This is, this Mup is, can count to three. Yeah. There's, uh, there's also been no round this year when all three sides have won. No round where Gold Coast and uh, Gold Coast Manly have won and, uh, and the Titans have lost. Uh, sorry, the, the West Tigers have lost. No occurrence this year where Gold Coast and Tigers have won and Manly have lost. And uh, one occurrence where Manly and West Tigers have won. And there's a, uh, yeah. Then we go down to 2011, 2015. There were. Uh, Does X in X plane? Is that like XL? Possibly. Have to be, wouldn't Possibly. it? Possibly. Uh, there were 10 occasions, 2011 to 2015, where this happened. And historically, from 2007 to 2015, 23 occasions. Scenario most likely to occur from 2007 to 2015 is Titans lose and both Manly and Tigers win. Of course. As you would expect. Um, Paraman, Mark 2, MK2, sent us a picture of a beard in progress. Yeah, I mean... I'm not... No, you, you can't... We, this, we welcome... Diplomatic immunity, as far as I'm concerned, as far as, you know, with the, with the beard thing. I mean, like, I'm not going to fucking hate on someone, even if it is patchy. 
It, it's, it's it's Kyle though. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's, I, it's what we do. I'm going to give a little digger. F- hang on a sec. I'm going to give the digger credit it's for getting in there and giving it a red hot go. Fucking Aussie battler. What the fuck has happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's Kyle. I'm just saying that the a listeners pair of slippers to lay into the man. I'll go the, change the, the, into those. <laughs> the uh, the. The, the listeners, the bearded listeners have, been, have embraced our new you know, bearded status. And so I just thought I should be encouraging more. Look, I, I commend anyone. It's like a get-out-of-jail-free card. <laughs> so, Chapo, if you could grow a beard, thank God you can't because <laughs> yeah. you're a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows that virgins do not have the testosterone hey, required. Hey, leave the sandwich fucker alone. <laughs> but, look, I commend anyone that is, uh, is attempting, however poorly, to grow a beard. Um, and the fact that it's attached to that head, unfortunately, the score is, is has to be decreased for that. But good effort. Please keep it up. So I said, yeah, started much later and grays everywhere, but I'm on the beard train because I've survived the itch stage. And I uh, had a milestone, milestone, <laughs> milestone for the beard today. How does what, his, his beard help his uh, his uh, tinea crabs? Had <laughs> <laughs> uh, went down to barber today and. Uh, I was like, you know, it's one of those things you can go down there. You could walk, yeah. I was like, nah. Let's just fucking, let's just trim the stragglers, stop it looking like a fucking hobo. Get some oil in there. Fucking giggity. It's beautiful. Oh, it's mate, a thing it's, of beauty. It's, it's fucking sensational. And uh, yeah, my wife was like, <laughs> texting me, she's like, going, she's like, oh yeah, you know, I'd already been in that stage. She goes, I hope you fucking got that thing to tidy. It's starting to look like a fucking ISIS terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> like we're even starting to. He's fucking brutal, man. He was looking like that in February. What are you talking about? Now we're like, now it's like a fucking a summer, a summer in the fucking mountains. You don't <laughs> for like three years. You don't need that sort of negativity in your life, Nathan. Exactly. I've I mean, got, I've got, I've got enough to worry. I've got enough on my plate worrying about whether fucking drones going to level this house while we're sleeping. This bitch has, bitch has had it too good for too long. Oh, exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Surely you could. Now got real, yeah, yeah. You got several other wives. <laughs> You don't need her. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much legal when you've got a beard, I heard. Exactly. Well, yeah. So I heard. That's why I'm doing it. Um, Freak 09. This came up a lot. Freak 09 was just the first, I believe. At least the first I saw. Is Kurt Baptiste the new Glenn lookalike? Look, you want to talk about a fucking fantastic beard? Yeah. Kurt Baptiste. He can rock it. Oh, he's, he had all sorts of product in there. He was... Oh, it was glistening yeah. in the Sunday afternoon sun. It's beautiful. Thing of beauty. <laughs> and yeah, and yeah, a reasonable Glenn lookalike. Still nothing on Gifty and fucking just, Pilko. He was just bald with a beard. I mean, yeah. let's, that's long yeah. bows. That's long bows. Right. Let's, let's, let's put the bar up a bit. I mean. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Where, where's it going? <laughs> uh, Lynn again said, thanks to your awesome show, I'm now swearing like a wharfie out loud. Beautiful. I thought I refuse to believe this because of this show. <laughs> well, let's look. Um, there's been times where I haven't been very nice to Lynn, and this is going to be one of those times. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she's uh, look. She's of questionable, questionable in- integrity, and uh, um, you know, hardly, you know. Hardly uh, rocking out the deportment classes and things like that. Hard to blame our show for your filthy mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm Glenn Blakely. I'm Glenn. <laughs> Solzy04, you've ruined me. 
listening to Triple M, and when they say stadiums, actual names, I have to double take. Ash thirteen hundred teeth. <laughs> I just say you ruined me, and start. You know, don't bring the Veronicas into this podcast, mate. I say a fucking show ruined my ear holes. Blue underscore Beaver playing the beards in the outros is outstanding, but the general quantity of beard discussion has been down the past two eps. I'd like to think we rectified that three minutes ago. You're welcome. And that's probably the last time the beers are going to be played in the outros, to be honest. I mean, they probably got a gigantic back catalogue. But the two songs that we've had over the last two weeks are the ones I really wanted to put out there because I think they're hilarious. And I'm sure they've got other great songs as well. But um, I think those ones, for me, they're the pinnacle. Steve-O wins. I still haven't told you what he's doing for a job, hey? Or what he's going to be doing for a job. No. Fucking remind me. Keep, see, we're always too tired at the end, so I keep forgetting. All right. Just putting it out there... <laughs> But you still let me get my car and drive off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a couple of big rocks on the way down your driveway. Oh, like on in the garden, you yeah, mean? Yeah, in the garden. If you stay on the driveway, you're okay, though. Yeah. yeah Just keep it straight. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm afraid of. Because every time I'm like, I'm going to hit that fucking rock. That's and if I do, that's not a good start to my journey home. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I've like got if, 10 metres. If you hit it that hard that you flip it... <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you know, that, that, then it could be a problem. But I mean, if you just... You know, if I just have to roll it back up the hill the next day, I mean, you know, I'm not too worried about it. It's all good. <laughs> he said, just putting it out there, I love Glenn, but anyone else turn the treble way down when listening to This Week in Lee? Hash hurts my ears. Oh, that's fucking hurtful. That's very hurtful. What the fuck's that about? And it's also, I mean, like, from, it's like hurtful to me too, because you're kind of saying, when you're editing the show, you dumb cunt, you're fucking not listening enough to fucking <laughs> turn the treble down on Glenn or something. Wow. Oh, my, just, my, just... my, editing, my editing skills also feel under question, as well as your, your grading voice. Just my voice is my voice, I mean, I, I, mate. I've I've listened to you. Well, I can't say I've listened to more. I, mean, yeah, I have, but I've listened to it marginally more than everyone else on this show. <laughs> they listen to this show over the last like six years, and I, 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 it never occurred to me that it, it could be annoying. Maybe except mate, for those times where you said, "Oh, I sound like a jockey." You fuckhead. Yeah, but who said jockeys are annoying? I didn't say that was annoying. I was just saying, yeah, you, know, you know, Billy Slater does too. I mean, well, he's, 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 there's, there's, a thousand, there's a thousand reasons why he's a cunt, but I mean, like, his voice isn't, isn't really one of them. I don't no, think. no. I mean, so, you'd, you'd be fairly harsh if you just singled out his voice as a reason you hated the man. Look, I, I will try. I will endeavour to put some EQ on Glenn and take the treble down a little bit. And then next week, I look forward to your tweets where you say, oh, fucking Glenn sounds like Barry White. <laughs> <laughs> we got it together, don't we? Yeah. Blue underscore beaver. Nate's real talk about shit manly fans are spot on. Chill those mothers out. The Mr. Wolf of Twill. You got a reference. Super Grover 4. Ha 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 ha. Hash this week in Virgins. Your fault for encouraging the Gronk. Whose fault? My fault. Our fault, I guess. I don't encourage it. I don't oh. encourage a sandwich fucker. <laughs> Fucking sandwich with you on it, though. Got <laughs> the Hilkenfeld's beautiful illustration. Man, he's a talented motherfucker. He is. Even that. I say, and and and, and Hilgenfeld's been giving us uh, you know so much love and fucking amusement with his uh, little illustrations of the week based on a portion of the show. I'm a bit scared for Thursdays now though. <laughs> Last Thursday it was, was funny though because you demanded. I, mean, I was I was chatting on Skype. And he's going, look, I got two ideas for this week from listening to the show. He's like, at first he, he sends me a message. He's like, oh, I'm like, you know. Yeah, you know, twenty minutes in or something, and it's fucking. Yeah, you know, it's already so much gold. Oh yeah, thanks. But he's like, I've got two ideas. After, after, after he's finished, yeah, 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 no shit, man. That's what we do. And yeah. um, and he's like, I've got two ideas. One, something about you know, <laughs> this week in Virgins, and you, I just want to confirm, like Subway, Subway, you mean like the sandwich shop, right? I mean, yeah. And he goes, and the other one is like, you know, I could, do, you know, draw Glenn in his natural 
beautiful form or whatever it was, you know, the way how he phrased it. That's beautiful. And then I, he's gone, which one? You, and I'm like, honestly, you probably, I think you should do the Glen one. And then he's just, then about probably 15 minutes later, he's gone, no, nah, I've cracked it. I've got it. And then you managed to combine both of them into the one illustration. <laughs> Brilliant! It's uh, and That's someone did tweet at him, but his it's it's his attention to detail. Just the it's little the yeah. little things in there that have just fuck it brings it home. I love it. Like the like the Saguna one, like the picture of you, like you know, in the thinker pose, yeah, like and on the, the dildos, and on, the the dildos on the shelf. <laughs> And this one, obviously, you know, with the little badge, yeah, I mean, yeah. just just great. Um, but guys, there will be an opportunity soon uh, for you guys to to show Hilgenfeld a bit of love too, because um. You've seen us retweet, like, you know, the, the Manu Vadavai picture he did. He's going to be doing some illustrations and stuff of NRL guys. And, I mean, you could probably hit him up and give him ideas to the ones. I mean, he's going to do some of the more famous guys like your GIs and, uh, you know, Thurstons and stuff like that of the world. He's an East fan himself, so he'll probably do some um, some East guys as well. But, uh, yeah, he's going to do, like, some, some proper prints of, like, you know, these guys. So the time is coming where you can give the guy a bit of love. Uh, my Saguna 85 I'm going to have sex with a bearded man Been playing in my head all day fellas Absolutely brilliant song Has an 80s ring to it If you're going to have sex with a bearded man You'll have an 80s ring to you too Ian <laughs> I don't know what that means but You could have sex with two bearded men Ian You could and, uh, you I'm sure will. you're probably already making up a story About how you already have <laughs> yeah, And uh, you know it really hurts us the way that you constantly get painted as a liar, so believe <laughs> that's what I'm saying. We'll double team you in October and, <laughs> and kill that hashtag, dude. <laughs> run off, run off. The irony of Nate making pop fiction references in his spray on manly shit fans and Glenn missing them, LOL. Hash, it's no Thelma and Louise. Is it? I don't know if you, I don't anyone, know you actually missed them. Should anyone be that surprised if it, when it happens? I don't, I don't think you missed them. I mean, it was just I was I was in a fucking rant going for it, and like you know, like was, you're gonna step in front of that freight train. Have the air time. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, the man's got to get it off his chest. Exactly, and we've already established that Pulp Fiction is one one of the the, the several movies that you've seen. Yeah, in your life. and I'm the first five times you made references, and I gave you that famous blank stare. Yeah, and then every time you're like, "Are you fucking serious?" It's pop fiction, you dickhead. So, I then actually made a point of going and watching it. Every every Tuesday morning, you watch it. <laughs> Just to make sure you catch all the references. Oh, that? Turner and Hooch and Thelma and Louise. I'm covered. Yeah, but you brought Thelma and Louise and Turner and Hooch into this. Yeah. You're big on the and movies, aren't you? Sorry? You're big on the and movies. <laughs> now you got to think of another one real quick. Um, yeah. oh, oh, I've got nothing. Mr. Wars, Mr. Underscore Wars, for those who want to follow him and, um, you know, essentially debase yourselves. Possible this week in league topic for tonight. Obviously, sent this this morning. Great initiative by the ACT Brumbies. Heaps of talent gets cut each year in the NFL. Cross to the story that we saw today on the Brisbane Times, talking about a gentleman by the name of Chris Coyle, who was... uh, You don't know he's a gentleman? Yeah, he's an NFL player too, so probably pretty far from it. But um, he was uh, a former Houston Te- Texans tight end, and he's uh, going down to... Um, well, he suffered a shoulder injury and uh, was cut by the Houston Texans uh, last year. And so now he's uh, going to be offered an alternate footballing option in rugby union, and he's bound for Canberra. So... Um, the ASU coach told him there was a, a team in Australia that was interested in training him to become a professional rugby player. 
They explain the opportunities. You can have a good future in rugby overseas, and there's a lot of ex-football players could be doing it, but they don't take the risk and give it a shot. So, yeah, I agree. I mean, not that I'm sure we said something. Didn't we talk about this when we were talking about Jared yeah. Hayne? And we said this would be a great idea because there's a lot of athletic guys, that, especially for things like, you know, props. Like, can you imagine, like, a running back? Because, like, running backs, are, you know, they have, I mean, they're lower centre of gravity, but, I mean, they're kind of, you know, they're, like, prop size. I mean, because the guys, like, the linemen are way bigger than props. You know, those guys are 140 kilos, you know what I mean? So, but even those guys... You got it stripped prop? a bit. Running back, yeah, tight end would be more a prop. Yeah, mate. Yeah, but I mean, even these low center. I mean, there's some fucking like big dudes, you know, like then then and they're tall. But I mean, like the way they, you know, the, everything in their life has led to them running, you know, with that low that sort of stance. That photo that Jared Hayne, it was actually a Kaepernick photo, but yeah, Jared Hayne in it. Yeah, and it was like the first day of training camp. Yeah, and they're all like and fucking Adonis's. Yeah, they're all fucking carved out of granite. Yeah. And Jared Hayne, who's a fucking professional athlete, and yeah. fucking, he's, he's fairly, carrying, fairly fucking cut. He's carrying some, he's carrying some, you know, a couple of kegs over those guys. Um, they fucking made him look <laughs> look like out Norm of off shape. the life be in it from commercials. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a blast from the past, isn't it? <laughs> I love it. Uh, he's like just hovering in the background, like. Yeah. But did you see the one with the footage of him? You know, like getting in there with some of the drills. Yeah. He was looking good, like compared to the other yeah. guys. Like he was looking good. Yeah. So he was a fucking fantastic athlete. Yeah. And look, <laughs> I like this uh, this Chris Coyle story. I think it's good. Um, it's good initiative from the Brumbies to test the water and, and try and um, tap into the, to the athletic talent pool um, that filters out of the NFL, you know, camps and, and all the rest of it each and every year. Uh, I'm just not sure about his tweet. It's official. My summer adventure in Australia begins on May 8th. Looking forward to playing lots of rugby and exploring the outback. This yeah. is maybe one of those guys that thinks he's going to pop off the plane and, and ride a kangaroo. To, to his, training uh, to, to his outback training centre yeah um, you know like a pet koala and shit there's not there. a lot of red dirt in Canberra no no saying. the reality is it's going to be winter here so that's one thing for you mate two you know you might be able to, to explore you know Fishwick <laughs> get yourself yeah, get, get yourself a rub and tug he's, not, he's skyping back back home he's like this place is great. They've got weed. They've got fireworks. It's fantastic. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think it's a great initiative. I mean, there's obviously some you know, spectacular athletes. And, you know, they're, they're not going to translate to every position in in, uh, in rugby league. And we've seen guys in the past, you know, that haven't, haven't been able to do anything about it. But no, I, th- I think that for forwards... Oh, and they, you know, say, excluding hooker, say, because there's, you know, some specialist, you know, rugby skills that can be learned, but, you know, maybe that's harder to pick up. But I think there's so many guys who are straight battering rams for 30 minutes a game in a couple of spells could very easily adapt to with little to no fucking transition. Mm. Little to no transition. Do you Just Sonny, Sonny Bill could have played NFL? Like tight end sort of role? Hard to say. I'm surprised that, you know, when you think, like, Jared did it, I mean, good on him for doing it. Sonny Bill seems to be one of those sorts of guys that seems to flick around for a bit of a challenge, but um, I can't imagine that he's not given any thought to it whatsoever and, you know, perhaps real, you know, put a line through it for some reason, because I think it's, you know, it is a super difficult... Fucking oath, yeah. ...transition to make, but... But you watch if Jared Hayne makes it. Yeah. 
even like you know if he makes like a final squad for a side, even if he only you know uh, appears on special teams. What if he absolutely tortures it though? Could you imagine yeah. like and scouts started coming down here like, yeah. looking at some of the talent, picking kids up earlier. Yeah, you know exactly. when they're prodigies, like you know, yeah, when they yeah, could go it would way, do yeah. a lot for you know the American football scene out here as well. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I mean, they, you know, it's, it's still quite small. I mean, I don't know what's going on with the American football scene here right now, but I remember I was yeah, had a little bit to do with it back in like the early '90s, just when I was just finishing school, and um, it wasn't yeah, it wasn't a huge a huge thing. It was pretty yeah, easy. I mean, it's there's pretty a few easy clubs, a, and it, it's still it's pretty easy to get a run and, and, and get a run down here. Okay. Then. Yeah, I mean, there's a fair few clubs, and um, I know a couple of people that that play in it um, indirectly. One guy works with uh, works with Nick Lennon, with Jackson's um, recent interest in NFL. We've um, once the season has kicked back off, we're going to go catch some catch some games of his. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's really positive, and you know, it's a bit of a story to to follow and see how he goes as well. Yeah, and 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 just finally, I think the transition for a guy to become like a like a prop, or even just even like a a not particularly offloady back mm. rower kind of thing. I think that I think that the you know it's much easier coming back this way. You know, certainly I think than than going over the other way. But you know, I guess we'll find out. Um, but yeah, just with rugby, like you know, obviously playing f- for the Brumbies, mm. rugby. Compared to rugby league, like there's especially in the forwards, there's a yep. lot of intricacies to that to that game. So yeah. that's you know that's one thing he's going to have to get his head. I would think very, that I would think the league would be an easier fit because you can just you know tuck it under your wing, mm. and they obviously pro, you know put a massive priority on on ball retention in the mm. NFL far more than they do in rugby league. I mean, you think of the drop balls and the fumbles and that in the NFL. Yeah, exactly. It's a very rare. You know, it's not rare, but I mean, it's like it's a once maybe a game kind of statistic, you know, and, um, whereas league, you know, fuck, if Anthony Watmo's playing, <laughs> he'd never make it if I was a running back, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, where are we? Uh, Aussie 86, O-Z-Z-Y, was in the, uh, the punchy rock star rather than the, <laughs> rather, rather than, you know, the Australian. Love the latest that boys. Just as much as Glenn loves a good Polynesian man mountain. It's like he's known you your whole life. Mate. The Mitch Eye. Yes, it was me in the Katara shops repping the Twill Nation cap and my losing team's polo. Hash concrete legs. Wrap so. <laughs> yourself up, mate. Yeah. Butsy, triple eight. An early release of This Week in League combined with my first foray into Tinder. Where the fuck did Wednesday go? Hash LG life's good. Sir, report back on your Tinder escapades and, uh, you know, did we have any any any, uh, any part in your success? Probably. Of course. <laughs> Matt Jim Frank B. Oh, Matty Boyle. Is James Graham or Ashton Sims the angriest player in league at the moment? Sims starts a fight every game over here. Hash tiny penises, hash ginger pubes. <laughs> Look, I would never have considered Ashton Sims to be a particularly angry angry player Are in the scheme. Like no, like not in the scheme of things over here. Oh, I would have thought very of, fucking aggressive I would, I would and antsy. Have, yeah, and but I would have thought of you know, it's you know on the spot now. I can't. But I, I would have you know if you had asked me that question you know when he was over here, he wouldn't have even entered in my mind in like you know as, as in the conversation you know in the first in the top ten. No, I I always got the feeling certainly in recent years he was um, 
you're treading a fine line, put it that way, about um, you know, just a little bit of niggle and wanting to yeah. get into a push and shove. And yeah, you know when it happened, you know when it started, I bet you I can pinpoint the exact fucking minute it started. <laughs> what time was it in the last minute of that game in 2008 final series? <laughs> Someone will go back, and Middleton can go back and fucking pinpoint that exact minute. But I bet, <laughs> I bet you that he's uh, he'd had a graph of like penalties and like just niggle in action. It would have been like you know flat, 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 fucking hockey stick straight up. Exactly. <laughs> um, and Graham, I mean, you know, is he angry? Is he just intense? See, I think I would think someone that letters is angrier. Well, that guy's clearly fucking angry. Like, yeah. he's just deranged. He's got a problem. I think. Um I think James Graham does play with a fair a fair whack of aggression yeah. um, and intensity. And he's done himself no favours on the anger stakes of what happened with the bottle throwing incident where he's no. you know, doing the whole bent finger thing in the face. Crooked finger of red. But um, before that, I wouldn't have said he was necessarily... Yeah, but then he bit fucking... <laughs> a bit yeah. Billy Slater. Then it's kind of hard to... Soured yeah. and he, I mean, yeah. But that giving it a sour thing was hilarious. That was, that was one of the funniest things I've seen in that series. Gamesmanship. Yeah. Is, um, he's got yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, give us your angry players list, then I'm sure we'll uh, agree with you because I'm I'm struggling to think of any off the top of my head as we as we're sitting on the spot. Yeah, he's an angry little ant. Super League pod. They enjoyed the mentions last week. <laughs> I reckon they picked up a couple of a couple of listeners too, which is good to see. Um, and they sent us a tweet. Did you see the picture? They said global balance. Glenn talks rubbish down under. These guys take it away up here. Garbage I, truck. I talk rubbish. Company name. Yet, Blakely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's spelt spelt slightly different, but look, um, a la Tony Soprano. I mean, waste management. Apparently, didn't ever know. Well, you're like the circle of life, though, because I mean, down here you 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 create it, and then up there you remove it. So you're not just in the management. <laughs> they say I talk rubbish, but they're um, you know the librarian gag's going to be getting a roll. <laughs> TBI Penguin I need to think hard if I'll be eating more salads or burgers over winter when deciding on a this week in league jersey side he's got hash salad is what my food eats and then, too, then, he, then he tweeted he tweeted us later on and said it's going to be burgers over the over the league season I've picked an L to which I say that's your fat option motherfucker <laughs> 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 you eat too much salad as it is from the sounds of it yeah, exactly. um, Troy underscore he had a deep breath Deep breath and a glass of water for breakfast. Yeah. Troy underscore 79. Almost crashed my car when I heard you say a Raiders fan goes to Broncos games wearing a Broncos jersey. Hash shit fan. His name's Todd Hasthorpe, and off the top of my head, I can't recall his Twitter handle. But Todd, please give a tweet to Troy underscore 79 and make yourself known. You guys have a lot to talk about, apparently. Fucking grubs. <laughs> Hammers. That Chapo slash flash, flashlight sledge was fucking beast. That was a flashlight, but you get the picture. Yeah, he's trying to pretend he doesn't know what it is. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, yeah. Stuart like Mulligan. Torch. Well, in Chapo terms, it's like a sandwich and you fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Stuart Marler. You ain't lived until you sat on the hill at Leichhardt and been deafened every three minutes by the planes. Part of the charm, in quotes. And that's coming from a fan of the home team. Uh, Solzy04. Is it Hank? No, it wasn't. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I yeah, got, yeah, I got me Stuart's mixed. I was like, hang on, that guy's a fucking Penrith fan. No, What's he no, doing no. there? No. No, no. He's no, complaining about the noise on the fucking hill at Leichhardt if he's a Penrith fan. 
You fire it up, you fire it up. Sit at fucking Penrith Park and listen to the fucking drones drive flying past ready to take you out. <laughs> fucking bogans. Bernard JKD. Junior Sow just revealed on BBC Manchester Rugby League show that Hot Sauce is his nickname. Who? Junior Sow. Because it starts with, his surname starts with S-A-U. Or he spelt S-A-U. Yeah, well, yeah. I can't, I can't think of any other reason. Jesus fucking Christ, it's a long bow. Not a lot of imagination. Really, Zero. In the world of Junior Sow. Hash, nicked name. <laughs> Damn straight. Andy Seags, Andy underscore Seags. Santa and and with a number of other scamps as well, I think like a couple of the Mitri involved. Um, they were talking about creating these teams over the, over through the week. Uh, two teams. The first one, the all heart, no talent, all stars. So players that obviously played, gave their best, and played with a lot of heart, didn't have any skill. Fullback, Hornby. Wingers, wow. wingers, Merritt and Parrot. Eckle and Jekyll. <laughs> um, centres, Ashford and Lawrence. Tigpie's got both of them. Even though obviously, you know, oh, there was a time Same when he had talent, no talent, I thought. I mean, you know, his talent kind of went with his hip, but before then he was killing it though, right? Absolutely. The way I remember it. Your halves, Wallace and Robson. See, I mean... Probably fair to say it was Robson. Absolutely. Be the only representative squad he'll ever make. Your, your your props, Luke Stewart, Jacob Lilliman. Lilliman did place that at Origin. I was going to say. <laughs> John Morris, your, your hooker. Yeah, that's, that's his first man picked. Yeah, yeah. Fensum. Oh, that's fucking harsh, in my opinion. That's cold-blooded, And it might man. be super coach that's kind of fucking blinding me here, but I mean... That's fucking cold-blooded. Yeah. Stag. Yeah. Orbison. Yeah. And then they've got a bench of uh, Fitzhenry, Horro, Timmy Manor, Liam Fulton. Fuck. <laughs> no talent, these players, apparently. Well, clearly you know nothing about life. and uh, You were fucking on Fitzhenry, even, though. Let's be, let's be fair, you would have put Fitzhenry in there. I'm talking about Fultz. How do you put Fultz in there? Yeah, well. He'd be really, really, really offended by that. And then he'd forget about it due to if he was a box, if he was a boxer, you'd say that, that, that he that he didn't have talent or he had no chin. Yeah, his his chin his chin deteriorated very very fucking quickly. Mick Crocker got knocked out by a football. He did, and even he looks at Liam Fulton and goes, "Man, that dude's got no chin." Yeah. <laughs> Mick Potter, the um, I heard uh, Liam Mick- Fulton was going to sign with Melbourne until he realised they had to run through those fucking banners and was afraid of getting concussed on when he ran out every week. Uh, Mick Potter, the coach of that side. Oh, that's fitting. Now they've got this. This is a, this is a more contentious one, I think. The half ass thirteen. So I presume I don't have any information around it, but I presume it's these guys that have the talent, but you know the opposite. They have the talent, but don't fucking use it. Yeah. Gi. Oof. He does check in and out of seasons. To be to be fair, always excels at Origin time, and has his moments. But yeah, I mean, he, he does cheat checks out. But yeah, half ass in the last I don't few know. seasons. Yeah. He's, he's been wingers, consistent. Boyd and Inu. Inu's Inu absolutely. Inu, your first man picked. Yeah. Captain, coach. Centres. Idris. Yeah. Lion. Oh. Even if I wasn't a Manly fan, I'd still be like, huh? Yeah, I'm perplexed. That guy I, I fucking want, puts it on. I want a Manly player. I want yeah. a bunch of Manly players yeah. in here. 
your halves, Sandow and Kelly. Look, Sandow was the fucking... He should be the captain of this side. Like, let's be real. Oh, over you know. Co-captain. <laughs> yeah, but there's another one coming that could also have a, have a crack at captaincy as well. Okay, here's your props. Fui and Snowden. Yep. Accurate. Masada Yosef is a hooker. <laughs> <laughs> Talent, really? Oh, you know, I, there probably could have been other guys you picked there. I don't know. Um, Dave Taylor? Absolutely. Papali? Yeah, probably fair, especially over the last, you know, what last year particularly. Oh, this year he's, he must he's carrying next year. Yeah, he's got to get kgs. He's, he's got to he's got to get through his preseason yet. <laughs> he's a little bit late. He's running late for that. Um, Sutton, see Sutton's a definite definite fucking captain's contender for this one. Your bench, Barber, T Rex. Jeez, T Rex could be the fucking immortal of that side. <laughs> Poor. See, I thought Paul was just crap. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't rate him at all. Lussig. Ooh. See, he's just he's just crap too, isn't he? I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't really up. rate him either. Coach Mal Meninga. Well, he's not really half asking it. He only gets to coach three games a year. <laughs> yeah, and fucking doesn't doesn't fucking Neil Henry coach those? <laughs> <laughs> Michael Hagen. <laughs> Michael Hagen. Okay, so uh, on Facey, this came from Jake underscore Chook. He says too long for Twitter. There seems to be a problem with field goals all around. Kickers themselves are open to serious injuries. Defensively unbalanced. In brackets, Kronk had his kick charged down for six again. It was a good defensive play. And turns that uh, and turns that the last five minutes, as well as extra time, into a complete farce. We used to accept draws as part of the game, so why can't we now? I reckon the game should completely eliminate field goals and watch attacking brilliance decide close contests. If two teams can't be separated at the end of goal and try, then go home with a point each. Who honestly loses? It makes the game more exciting and saves players from injury risk. The work cover league would surely get behind this. Interesting theory. If you win, people love a result. Yeah. And it's exci- and it is exciting. If, it goes if you out. lose, they're like, oh, I could have done with a draw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, and, you know, he's a Chooks fan, and he sent this after, you know. Yeah. But, I would, yeah, I actually don't mind the, or if they did something like if you kick a field goal, then you're still going to the end of 10 minutes or something like that, you know, like extra time. Yeah, I think, to, um, to, you know, to, like a golden try, rather, you know, rather than golden point, I think that would be, that would be good. Yeah. I think you should, if it goes to golden point, then the winner should get two points and the loser should get one point. Yeah. If you're good enough to stick with a team for um, for 80 minutes and then someone jags some fucking field goal, you know, I I, I think, you know, you you deserve a reward. Yeah, well, ice hockey hockey reward sides for, um, for losing in overtime. So, you know, they get something out of it. So, yeah, I don't see why they're not, but I don't know how it would work. But, you know, it seems pretty, sounds pretty easy to me. Give them, point, give them the point for the draw and give the other team the points for the win because they want it in extra time. It's too fucking easy. Too, too easy to sort out and uh, therefore makes too much sense to fucking... To implement. Yeah, to implement. <laughs> uh, the Aussies man alive, Matt Landrigan. Lando. Lucky undies on. This is before the game on Friday. Lucky undies on. Mushrooms slightly swollen. Testicles once again ischy. Tonight I had to corner them and give them the people's elbow to subdue them, but they're on, and luck courses through my nether regions. Luck and process Jack Daniels. <laughs> That's at 7.29pm on the Friday, right before kickoff. Wow. 9.39pm, same night. Lucky undies, they're a thing. The taint continues. <laughs> I, I, I pity, I pity uh, Mrs. Lando. She seems like a nice girl. She does. Okay. She's made some questionable choices. <laughs> Very much so. Memberships. 
you guys asked for it. We've done it. We've opened them up again. We've had people taking up uh, on them. There's probably, let's say, uh, hypothetically off the top of my head, there's 10 of those left, I'd say, thereabouts. So get in there because um, it's probably the last packs, I think. And um, those guys held up the original ones. However, I have been given the date of May 8th. Whether that means that's the day they shipped them or the day that I, you know, I anticipate to get them, we'll find out. But you guys will be getting them shortly after, so uh, enjoy when it happens. Uh, run TMB, chipping away, slowly, slowly, chipping away. I think there's eight performances like Sunday. Uh, don't help, Nathan. Don't Let's help at all. I mean, you think that the TMB could get behind it? I mean, why are they behind it in the first place? Have you fucking tweeted out to those boys? So like, I believe this, I have. This is a shirt with your fucking initials on it. Get around Get it. Get amongst it. Get around it. We could have Get over it. it, under it, through it. We could have. In it. Just saying, I mean, if those guys had to say, look, this is fucking me and my boy's fucking shirt, get one, we would have sold a hundred of them. Easily. Easily. So maybe that's, that's, that's your job for later in the week. Okay, done. Make these pricks get on board. I'm all over it. Jerseys. Gone off. Well... They're on sale. Gone off. We haven't hit the pre-sale level yet. Twenty was the number that we uh, that we specified. I think we're on fourteen at this stage, as of as of speaking. Nicklin on the show. One. Yeah, that's fifteen. Yeah, she wants hash twill widow on the back. <laughs> but Very good. I might just get her one that says hash. I love beards. <laughs> Beard lover. <laughs> Beard lover. <laughs> hash beard lover. Um, Six weeks delivery. Six once weeks. We pull the trigger. Okay. So the sooner you guys want them, um, we're going to need like another half a dozen sold. So get on it. And the sooner you guys do it, the sooner we can get them marching and uh, get around it. Get on it. Activate the sweatshop. Get over it. Get under it. Get in it. It's just going to be your fucking thing all all night. I, I'm not going to remember to keep saying that. Title of the show. Um, and Shanta. Oh, that's on a fucking long title. Oh, you ain't told yeah. that. Uh, Shanta on the jersey. Just ordered my This Week in League jersey. Seventy nine ninety five is sensational value. My last jersey cost me my mobility and dignity. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Be like Shanta. Grab a jersey. News. First story, Anthony Watts, former Cronulla Cowboys and Roosters hooker Anthony Watts. Roosters love it when they say former Roosters player. <laughs> Anthony Watts hopes to use the Newcastle Rugby League as a launch pad for a Danny Wicks-style comeback from jail to the NRL. He's going to travel from the Gold Coast to Newcastle on Thursday to meet with officials from local clubs. Over the weekend, Western Magpies, Macquarie, Cessnock and Central Newcastle were sounded out about signing Watts. He made his return to Rugby League on Saturday when he played for the Waves Tigers in the Bundaberg competition. It marked the end of a two-year period away from Rugby League that began when he was given an eight-match ban for allegedly biting the penis of a Belamble Jets opponent while playing for the Chugan Seahawks on the Gold Coast. During that time, Watts became associated with Finks and Mongols bikey gangs and had several stints in jail for a fray and threatening violence. However, he said he turned his back on bikey gangs and was focused on rebuilding a 52-game NRL career that ended in 2011 when he was released by the Roosters after being charged with assaulting his girlfriend. Watts sees the Newcastle competition as a means to achieving that goal. One of my good mates, Les Mason lives down there and I just want to get away from the Gold Coast. I've got a fight coming up in Sydney on June 5 so I'm going down there to prepare with Les out of Rob Fogarty's gym. 
obviously I'm playing footy in Vandenberg and I'm going to relocate to Newcastle. I want to get back in the NRL at some stage. The Newcastle comp is fairly strong one, so I wouldn't mind playing in it. He's taking inspiration from Danny Wicks and Russell Packer. So after seeing Russell Packer and Danny Wicks get back in the NRL, I'm pretty keen to follow in their steps. I'm out of all the bikey stuff now and focusing on my personal life and getting it back on track now. When, interested if, when asked if you'd be interested in signing Watts, Macquarie coach Barry Moore said, Blood oath I am. I've got a player manager chasing him right now. <laughs> that's my... I, don't, I fucking don't know Barry Moore from anyone, but I presume that's how he speaks. But spokesmen from Cessnock, West and Central were cool on the prospect of signing the controversial utility. So, uh... Interesting. Um, I don't know that you can... Can you turn your back on bikey gangs once you're in? I have no idea about how that world works. I've told you about the, my one bikey experience, right? Back when I was fucking... When I was playing in bands, the first band I was ever in, there was a thing in the, in the local paper, it was like a Battle of the Bands thing. Fucking, you know, we need bands for this Battle of the Bands thing, so I called this number. And so, like, I call the number, and um, oh mate's like, okay, cool, um, you got to sell this many tickets, you know, as entry to get in. And um, that was easy, like, our, you know, basically our entourage, like, girlfriends and stuff, all covered that. And... Um, I think Simone was on the scene then. I think she was, yeah. And um, so the guy, the guy pulls up. I met him. I lived this little Mount Gravatt over there, uh, just in behind uh, the mountain uh, near the uni, and um, near the Mount Gravatt campus of the uni. And um, I said, like, I just, uh, and the guy's like, oh, where do you live? And I said, I'll just uh, down these ups there at, at Mount Gravatt. And he goes, I'll just meet you out the front of Zups and just, uh, I'll, I'll just uh, drop these tickets off. And I'm like, yeah, cool, no worries. So I meet him down there. Pulls up on a fucking motorcycle on a chopper, of course. I'm like. Totally didn't even fucking nothing clicked, even at that stage. It's like, oh, dude rides a motorbike. Fuck, okay. So anyway, here's the address. Nice. This is where it's taking place. And so, okay, all good. And so we rock up with our gear and everything on the night. It's down at the at, uh, it's at Wool and Gabba, just um, just down behind the behind the Gabba there, just a little bit further down uh, Ipswich Road, and um, Black Yulin's Clubhouse is where <laughs> where this was. We walk in there. And, you know, some of the guys in the band had very, very, very young girlfriends, very, not exposed to the receding sides of life. Yeah, didn't have a lot of life experience. And so, yeah, they were appalled. And um, Nazi paraphernalia fucking everywhere, swastika flags, you name it, everywhere. As you walk down towards the stage, which is at the very end, the back of the clubhouse, which is really just like a, a you know, very small bar. And um, the stage is down the end. On the right-hand wall near the stage was um, this gigantic framed glassed collage and it was probably about two, three metres wide by about a metre high, maybe a metre and a half high. So it was quite a large, you know, framed thing. And it was like as if you got like picture magazines and just cut the pussies out and stuck them on there. It was like this collage of just of, of vaginas pasted onto this. It is gi- like gigantic three by one metre frame thing. <laughs> I'll never forget it. <laughs> we did, like, the, you know, I can't remember what we called it, like the wall of pussies and wall of cunts, something like that. But anyway, we, you know, professionals that we were back then. We, like, like, we took the stage. Cha- there's Chapo as a baby. There's <laughs> Chapo when he's first at school. Mate, this is about 1999. I mean, Chapo wasn't even Chapo swimming in his daddy's nutsack at that time. time we wore shoes. Yeah. <laughs> so... It was interesting, yeah, we got where we fucking rocked it, got to the final, fucking won several, several individual awards, we didn't win the whole thing, but I know mean, we won best front man, and you know, a couple, of, and you know, it was funny because the front man couldn't actually sing, but uh, Jeezy. That's, that's it. I would have thought being able to sing would be a prerequisite no, for he, a lead he, singer of a band. 
it's like he took this bikey fucking environment and he just embraced it and just absolutely fucking lit it up performance-wise. Not singing-wise, but he just, he went off like he's, you know, like cross, like epileptic cross, Tourette's cross, breakdancing cross. <laughs> Jeez, it's a wonder someone guy getting Guy getting tased. Like, I was going to say, it's a wonder someone didn't shoot him. <laughs> yeah, oh, they, they, they fucking, they loved it. I loved it in the Orleans, but uh, yeah, that was that's my only bike experience, and certainly a, a, a lot more fondly remembered than Anthony Watts, most likely. <laughs> Russell Crowe may have dragged the South Sydney Rabbitohs from the depths of oblivion to a premiership, but the club's ascension has come at a personal price. In an interview on America's CBS Sunday Morning, Crowe says buying the club ultimately cost him his marriage. He bought the struggling Rabbitohs in 2006 after a bitter battle with uh, George Piggins, but the effort he put into restoring the club's fortune was done at the expense of his relationship with his wife, Danielle Spencer. It ended up not being a bad business, not a bad business decision at all, but it's taken a lot of work and it's probably cost me cost me a marriage, Crow said. That's what happened. It took a lot of work, man, you know, it took a lot of work and I already had an extremely busy schedule. So a nine-year marriage ended in 2012 and apparently he's linked to me to taking over Leeds. Which is another one of his childhood clubs. Fuck, that'd be an expensive exercise, wouldn't it? You would think so. I mean, it's a, it's a different level of investment altogether to get in. But I think with the Premier League as well, isn't it just like, I guess you could get it for what you get it for, but it's if you want the club to be successful is when you've got to pour in the fucking... You know, he doesn't, exactly. have, he doesn't have that kind of money, though. I mean, like he's, well, a, he's a rich motherfucker, but he's not like a Russian mafia no. rich motherfucker, no, right? Well, you wouldn't or say he was a billionaire. Or he's not like an oil fucking magnate no. or something. You know, he's certainly not that rich. So. No, exactly right. Um, we were talking about this before we went to air. I just... If he couldn't devote the time to his wife, yep. I mean, he's, he might work on average, what, three months a year? Yep. That's basically what we came, you know, um, came up with. You know, bit of time spent on the footy club. I'll, I'll, I'll get that there was some some initial uh, work to get it off the ground, but I'll, you're also dealing with teams and teams of people to to run your business for you. Yeah, I mean, I he's not actually pouring like over. A bit of an excuse there, Russell. He's the owner, not the CEO, and everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, yeah, maybe you know. Well, maybe this is, we, we were debating all this, you know, the, uh, how we were going to approach this before we went to air. And maybe, maybe it was the 30 odd foot of grunts thing. Maybe the rabbit thing was just the fucking the. Maybe it was the last draw. Maybe it was like, you're a shit musician, I can tolerate that, but South, nah. Yeah. Deal breaker. Okay, City Country. Players who pull out of the City Country game could face a one match NRL ban under proposal tabled by the Country Rugby League. Last year's fixture was marred by mass injury withdrawals, meaning the biggest draw cards weren't available to promote the game in the bush. And, like, just stopping it right there, I mean, the biggest names in the game weren't available to promote the fucking game in the fucking Four Nations, whatever the fuck, the True. last thing we did. So, you know, calm down a little bit. I mean, you know, Australia puts up third, third string, you know, second string of best teams in these tournaments anyway, so it's not just city country. But the following weekend of NRL matches was dubbed the Lazarus Round. I've never heard that term. After 29 players ruled out of representative football were fit to play for their clubs. Gee, that's bad. Only two scratch players, Todd Carney and Elijah Taylor, who were ruled out of country in New Zealand duty respectively, failed to be fit for round nine last year. These seemingly miraculous recoveries from a spate of one-week injuries raised suspicions that players, pressured by their clubs, were encouraged to skip the traditional state of origin selection trial. CRL Chief Executive Terry Quinn is pushing for unavailable players to be hit with one-game bans to protect the integrity of the bush fixture. 
You'd like to see some sort of sanction if they aren't genuine, Quinn said. If the game is on the calendar, then we have to respect that game. It's been approved by the NRL to be played, so let's play it in good faith. If their injuries, then fair enough, but if they're not honest, then they shouldn't be allowed to play the next week for their club. Honesty has to be a big thing here. If you're really injured, then you won't be able to play for your club anyway. I like where he's headed. I was, yeah, I like I liked the idea too. I like the um, City Country game. There's been a lot of talk in recent years about scrapping it all together, so... Um, maybe a few little adjustments here and there won't do it any harm. Yeah, I don't think it's on that, the players thing. Though. I mean, look, I agree the game's important, particularly for the country, even though the country concerns me not one little bit in terms of rugby league. I understand, though, that it is an important thing. The problem is, the reason why I think players are more inclined to pull out of it is that, one, they're incumbents for origin positions, or two... They play for Manly. They understand that it's not a selection trial. Mm. How many times do people fucking kill it in city country and not get picked in the state of origin exactly. side? Every fucking time a halves combination dominates a city country game, if they're not the incumbent, they don't get it. I mean, exactly this, right. they only changed last time because, you know, Mitchell Pierce was fucking, you know, trying to grab the chick. Yep. That's, that's a, exactly right. And then they, like, stuck with a club combination. So... Make it a genuine selection trial. Cause call a spill for every fucking position in state of origin, in state of origin team, and you know you have to play for city country, and you have to impress for city country, or else you you know you're not in there. I mean, there's you know there's probably some automatic selections like captain, you know things like that. But yeah, look, it, it all makes um, all makes for interesting debate. Um, look, as far as the 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 game itself, I I think the the country needs it, and I, I like the initiative of taking the game to, to yeah. country areas, etc. Um, there's always the argument of player burnout and players, you know, playing too many games. But I just uh, I think many the, many the whole, sports play many more games, yeah, and they exactly just selectively right. rest players and things like that. So fucking cut That's it, exactly you've got right. an easy life, think, and you make a lot of money. Shut up, guys. Yeah, I, I think they probably need to check country. that a little bit, a little bit, and um, you know, put the, put the best show possible and the best product forth um, to the country folk that that support the game. Okay, Matt Gidley, Newcastle CEO, will sit down with his brother Kurt and his manager George Mimis in the next fortnight to discuss the Knights' captain's playing future. Speculation grows that Kurt Gidley is getting closer to announcing plans to end his career in England. Out of respect for the veteran utility and his outstanding service to the club, the Knights are leaving it to the skipper to make the call on his future beyond the end of this season. Because of that, the club won't force the issue, even though it will impact on recruitment plans. <laughs> I guess having his brother as a CEO probably helps a lot too. Yeah, it's it's certainly uh, it's not going to be a hindrance, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure, as far as recruitment plans, do. what are they saying? If he... If he stays, players won't come. Well, if he stays, I mean, that money's going to be tied up in, you know, they can't spend on someone else. And, yeah. you know, I don't know who's out there that they could possibly get either, but, you know. Well, you think they're going to they're gonna lose Gagai? Who so. else could? No. I think he's going to stay. Is that right? I think he's extending, yeah. Okay. I did hear something along those lines that I still thought he was... I think the assumption was that he was going to go to the Broncos, but... But I'm sure I saw something, you know, you know, I, I hate saying this because, you know, it's not like it's the be-all and end-all of accuracy, but I'm sure I saw something on Twitter the other day, or the other week, even like a fortnight ago, saying that he was he was going to stay with the Knights, so... There you go. 
So I wonder where that's at. Good get for them. Um, look, you know, I, I, I fully support Kirk Yeadley going over to England. He can't be selected for New South Wales from there. And uh, <laughs> Alfie was. You know, an easier game. You know, I, you know, I welcome the opportunity for him to have an easier game and to, you know, extend his career over there. And he would he'd probably be a fucking golden boot winner. <laughs> Not golden boot winner. Sorry, like a man of steel winner over there. <laughs> Just, you know. It's like Shunter winning Man of Steel over there, I know, but... <laughs> well, then, only because they're not handing out any Man of Biscuit Awards. Man of, man of Tim Tam. Yeah, exactly. But, um, look, I think it's I, th- I think it's a good thing for him and um, get a bit of new blood into the Knights because, I mean, he's not the worst player that they've got, but, you know, it could enable him to move on and uh, maybe patch some gaps a little bit better. Get someone that wants to be a specialist in a position so they know who's playing where. Exactly. Recaps for round seven of the 2015 National Rugby League Telstra Premiership. Kicked off Friday night football with the St. George Illawarra Dragons 12, defeating the Brisbane Broncos 10. This one, the Dragons 12, came from tries to Edo Nabali, Mike Cooper, Gareth Widdop, one from two conversions and a penalty goal, and the Brisbane Broncos tries to Daniel Vito Santhiday. Milford won from one conversions. Corey Parker missed with both his shot at conversion and a penalty goal, ultimately proving the difference in the match. Scrappy game, in the large part. I yeah. thought Broncos um, and, and Dragons fans will have you have you. Uh, well, they'll try. They'll try and sell you that it was the game of the year, <laughs> and admittedly, it was very exciting there at the end. It when, was. It, when it looked like the Dragons were safe, and then the Broncos, you know, got the ball back, and there was a bit of an Ashton Sims moment, and you know, then the Broncos tried to put fucking Ben Hunt through as like a crash forward from like two meters out, which is uh, yeah, yeah, fantastic. Not the play you'd want. No. Um, that's not Ben Hunt's forte. No. <laughs> As a halfback, no, Surprisingly, right. you know, taking a short ball and... Running, no, crash, no, running crash launch, yeah. Trying to crash through, um, yeah, no, no. Broncos arguably hung over from their win over the Roosters the week previous, and um, which was a very tough, physical and high-intensity game, and I think it showed, um, you know, travelling away to the Dragons. Um, Dragons, do you think they're su- defensively superior to 2009 through 2011? No. Really? No. It's, it's fucking round seven. Do it over the season and I'll, you know, I'll okay. be inclined to say, yeah, because statistics will back them up and say, fucking, yes, yes, indeed they were, or, you know, they were in the same ballpark or, you know, whatever. But, you know, seven rounds in, they could just as easily fall in a fucking heat too and get flogged every sure. game, you know. So. Pretty sure they play the Tigers again, so they'll, they'll get thumped there. They will, they will remember they were leading after three rounds, was it, or last year? Or, yeah. You know, so they're not averse to coming out of the blocks and then staggering, so. Justin Hodges made his comeback from a hamstring injury and then uh, had to sit on the sideline for a a portion of this match with a hamstring injury. I just wonder how close he is to hanging it up. Well, it's very close this year. The amount of times that he's come back, been hurt, come back, been hurt, come back, been hurt. It's, um, It's hard. They've got him, you know... They had him as captain yeah. in this game too. It just puts extra fucking strain on the hamstring, doesn't it? Or is he is he full time captain, sorry? Yeah, he's full time he captain, is he? Yeah. Yeah, that's right, sorry. Um that has an effect on the squad. Mm-hmm. Captain 
in and out of the side every other week and um I don't know, I with his Achilles injuries that he's had, he's had has he had knees as well, but he's had six million hamstrings. For me, it just feels like it's just hamstring after hamstring yeah. after hamstring, and there's Definitely probably Achilles other. Achilles, had that. There's other stuff. There's other stuff in there for sure, but um, yeah. Interesting. I mean, when he is fit, he's still a hell of a contributor to the side, but um, it just seems to be getting to the point where you know he he's not staying on the on the field for any any real you know, consistency week to week. He's spending about as much time on the field as George Rose. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> Accurate. Um, but good win from the Dragons. I think, uh, you know, they, they they stuck at it. They they held strong when the Broncos were throwing everything at them. Uh, Milford kept coming. And, um, Vito kept arguably bombed a couple. Well, yeah, and then, <laughs> and then dropped the ball in the... Yeah. Um, which you know they ended up right on the line trying to you know crash over rather than you know building a set yep. which is, it could have been the difference in the match you never know exactly exactly but you know the dragons I think they deserve it just for just for that last five minute period as well where they sort of had it and then they dropped it and you know could, you know then the Broncos just threw everything at them for that final set so you know they had the opportunity to, to crack uh, Sutho Dan anyone else laugh when they refer to Ben Cray as a forward <laughs> that M- shit Cray M Day the uh, foul mouth woman worst haircut of the year award goes to Jack the Bellend hash say no to man bun now I had to actually include that tweet because there were so many Jack the Bellend you know ba- bun you know man bun he's got a few haters top knot Mr. Because Moore of style. his hair. Yeah. yeah and the fact that he's a bit of a pretty boy. Yeah. And the fact that he's not that great at rugby league. Yeah. Just funny. funny with um with, with Emily, though. I mean, there was a, a photograph tweeted. I think it was... I don't know if it was her brother that tweeted or she tweeted it later on. Um, Emma? With, with, the, with the two of them. Emily. Did you said Emma last week, too. You're like, you guys, I'm sure it was Emily. No. Look at that. I'll just show you that real quick. Emily. No, it's definitely Emma. She's got it wrong. She's got a name wrong. But just want to say, there's a, there's, there's a picture. The picture was the two of them there. And um, speaking of hairstyles, my <laughs> brother Alex has got a bit of My Chemical Romance about him. <laughs> and I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing. He's I mean, an you know, He's an I, I was yeah, that, that, that kind of music. That was my shit. If you got you your know, sister calling you a cunt every day, oh, she's probably, <laughs> probably going to send you into a state of depression. <laughs> uh, you fucking what, mate? Is back. Dragons. Dragons send the horses to the glue factory with defense better than Wayne's 2010 vintage best. Hash fuck Broncos. Hash red V. Hash five in a row. Wow. Someone's excited. Someone is having a giggle, mate. Uh, runoff. Renoff. Like a New Zealand at rocks and diamonds. Hodges. Equal parts hero and liability now for Brisbane. Early ret- injury returns are selfish. And they needed numbers tonight. And that mirrors, you know, pretty much what you said. Dragons underscore red V. I can't, I can't. I don't know who he goes for from his Twitter handle. <laughs> While there weren't many tries, I feel like that was one of the best games this year. Gutsy defence all around. Yeah, it was there definitely. You know, defensively wise, I mean, there was some you know, great defence showcase. Jesus, some drop ball. Yeah, a bit scrappy though. Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs twenty eight defeat the mighty Manly Sea Eagles sixteen at ANZ. This one, doggies twenty eight came from a double to Curtis Rona, Chase Stanley, Frank Pritchard, Moses Mbai, 
Corey Thompson tries. Trent Hawkinson, two from six conversions. Seagulls. Tries to Daly Cherry Evans, Peter Hicku, Steve Matai, Jamie Lyon, one from three conversions and a penalty goal. I think the scoreline flattered the Seagulls a little bit. Fairly dominant performance from the Bulldogs. Um, and, a, and a match to right the ship in, in light of recent events. Um, they were disappointing the week previous and, and came out and, and made a bit of a statement against the Seagulls, really controlled the match well. Um, Josh Reynolds answers some of his critics, I thought. Um, had a pretty solid game, but he's going to need a fair few more solid games in the in the next month or so to keep his origin spot. There's a lot of people talking and about potential candidates to, to take his spot, so it's up to him to step up, um, pull his head in a little bit and, and play some good, consistent footy off the back of this game where I thought he was quite good. Um, I've got to say, mate, I actually feel a little bad for Manly. Um, to look at you know the fact that they've built such a legacy and and such a, a culture there um, the stuff that's going on there on the field at the moment is whether you, whether you fucking love them or hate them you know like to watch manly and and having done so you know to come and talk about them on here every week for the last fucking five and a bit seasons yeah yeah you couldn't you had to begrudgingly admire the way they went about their business, you know, I, I think. And it's, I think it's fucking shit, the way that they're just fucking capitulated. At the end um, of the day, the, the fact remains, 10 I, players, 10 players out. And the worst part of it is, I don't even think it's like the sheer number of players out. The real problems get, that they uh, run into, the real problem they run into is that nearly every game this season, they run into a situation where, a player gets injured and out for the rest of the match, and this game was no exception. Mm. And so they get the it's it's uh, so it's not just like this this injury toll that's like they carry from game to game, but it's and these in game injury tolls where they're only playing with fifteen sixteen players a lot of the time. I mean, most of the week some some weeks they finish with no one on the bench, and it's just like for a team that doesn't have combinations together anyway because of injuries. When you're taking the injured cunts out. <laughs> And replacing them with, yeah, they're getting, in, they're getting, gets injured. they're getting injured, and then you end up with these situations like you know you would know when you had fucking Corey Patterson on the wing at some stage, but I mean you get these you know Tom Simons, you know Jesse Sandler-Fowers spends time on the wing. Tommy Simons seems to be playing centre these days. I mean the poor fucking guy. I mean we said it last week. You know, give the guy a fucking full game in the pack, God's yeah. sake. But um, I, I get that, but I still feel like in days gone by, it's it, you know they're still. X amount of internationals, X amount of origin reps, X amount of you know experienced guys and and talented youngsters. Yeah, but not but that many at the moment though. When you look at it, who's in there? Cherry Evans last week. I'm trying to think, well, Steve Matai. Yeah. You pretty much that's. I mean, no. Bure. I mean, you could talk representative experience for Bure, but come on, five minutes is nothing. Yeah, and it's the same with Hiku. He's played for New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's a, I mean, so that's that's it. I mean, it's it's really- still, I guess, like I say, it's still a sprinkling. But normally, what brings them to to what brought them together was their their steel in their culture, and now that's being torn to shreds. And you know, in this, and in fairly quick time too. You know, like mm. you made a grand final fucking a season ago or two seasons ago. Yeah, I um. I just I wonder, and I'm not privy to the information you are, but I just wonder what the fucking end goal is for these cunts. Because you had something, 
you had something that a lot of clubs, I'm not saying every club, but a lot of clubs would have looked at and went, fuck those cunts, you know, they're tough to beat and they're they're hard to, you know, to go out there and, and perform your best. They're putting you off the game, you know, they've, they've a quality side, um, you know, there there was a, there'll be a lot of teams looking at that, going, "Fucking, what happened there?" Yeah, I, I, that 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 culture's not gone either. I mean, there's it's in a, it's in a little bit of a transference at the moment. Once they get rid of one player, they're they're all good. So I mean, because this is the thing, the young guys are all fully on board, and fucking that's the most heartbreaking thing. When you see a fucking young dude like Cherry Evans, that dude busted his fucking ass. There were situations there where he was fucking running guys down and pulling them down a meter out from the try line when he was running from the opposite side of the field from fucking 60 meters away when, you know, these, you know, it's ridiculous. And at the end of the game, the difference in this game was one, the, the fucking hopelessness at the start of fucking Wolfman uh, in de- defensively, you know, all these motherfuckers always tweet me, what's fucking, what's Wolfman have to do to get a run in first grade? I'll tell you, not be shit. And uh, guess what? It's beyond him. That task is not possible. You can't do it. And the other one was just fucking... I believe... I think it was fucking Denamus Louie jogging back after... He made a tackle and he was jogging back and he sort of jogged back towards the fucking right hand on the defensive side. Jogged back towards the wing there and he sort of ended up in a position where he was between fucking wing and centre. And I think it was Mumbai just fucking went... just bolted through there and by the, it was past him by the time he even realises and then, and he fucked up Jamie Lyon trying to make the tackle because he got in his ray and you know Cherry Evans that was another Cherry Evans thing he's fucking he's bolted him down and tackled him and then you know then he's got up and gone again to score but there's another two, international inside Jamie Lyon two, two little fucking yeah but Jamie Lyon fucking fucked his ankle and wasn't in there for the whole game he was playing injured anyway this is another thing because of the injury toll, people are trying to come back. And it's like kind of a Justin Hodges thing as well. I mean, they come back too early from the injury and ultimately, you know, fuck themselves up more. I think that's happened before in this season. It's happened to Jamie Lyon, certainly. And it looks like Cherry Evans is carrying something, but despite that, he's not really having that many adverse effects. I mean, the cunt's putting in like a motherfucker. I think um, the whole Cherry Evans situation, it's it's fairly graphic how poorly managed He's been through that process with his contract. Oh. Because if you look at the way he's competing, and if you look at the way he came out of that press conference and defended his family yesterday, yeah, that that he's an impressive young man. And like, I get that you'd be obviously disappointed to lose him, and um, and rightfully so. But the way he goes about his business when it's when it's actually daily Cherry Evans doing the business. Oh, that's the point. Yeah, I mean, you he's know, fine when it's the oars. The, doing this whole contract thing just painted him out to be an absolute cunt, and I just I don't feel that that's an accurate depiction of the kid. Well, you know, he still has to fucking you know he still has to rubber stamp what happens, and this is the thing. That, yeah, that, but as a young kid, you've, I just think you've got the manager pulling the strings. He's he's young. You know, he probably does. He, he couldn't be that higher level of an athlete and not have an ego. But his the way he articulates himself, um, the way he carries himself on the field, and the way that he competes, um, yeah, I, I think that's a credit to him. I just the way that it was played out in the media, in the yeah, through the papers. You say like the way it was played out and everything. Don't 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 for one second think it's finished. 
uh, he has not fucking he has not conclusively said it. his language no, is so was, specific. He was fairly um, fairly selective in the words that he and, used. Yeah. And there's, there are certain things that are absolutely on the record facts that his manager and Joe Kelly went to Fox and met with a fucking Fox executive talking about Daly Cherry Evans' media career in Sydney. So don't for one second think that the things still aren't on the boil. You want to know what my, my like I said straight away when it Look, came out. I said Jamal fucking, Idris's uh, kids' TV show on the Gold Coast still needs a new host. He might be yeah, over. Well, maybe so. But this is the thing. I mean, I said when, when that when that whole backflip thing came out. I mean, I straight away said fucking chill. Like you know, fucking relax yourselves. Don't get too excited. And um, and I mean, I still I still you know hold that viewpoint. However, there's just there's so many fucking twists and turns to this thing to go. I mean, who I wouldn't be surprised because I mean, his missus his missus doesn't want doesn't want to go. If he gets the money jacked up, maybe he might, you know. But the, the, the thing is now, the real story behind this, and I mean, this might be news to Manly fans. It may not be news to Manly fans. The real story behind this is that Zorba doesn't want him there. So my theory is that Kelly was working on something behind the scenes. Because Cherry Evans probably said, "Look, you know, like you know, he'd stay for you know for whatever. You know, he was having second thoughts, having cold feet or whatever about going to the Gold Coast, you know, as anyone with a brain would." And I honestly think that Zorba fucking leaked it to derail it before it actually got done, and you know, any real momentum and everything. The ensuing media fucking blow up that happened on Wednesday or Thursday, whenever it happened, um, then you know, possibly, you know, sabotaged whatever efforts behind the scenes were being made. and uh, But yeah, it's an, abs- it's an absolute fact that Zorba hates Derek Daly Cherry Evans and doesn't want him at Manly. And, um, Why is that? He's fucking Glenn, he's fucking Stuart guy. He's a Watmo guy. He's a fucking so idiot. So the beef it? between Cherry Evans and, and Watmo was real then? I don't know. No one's ever come out with anything about it. But I mean, he is. I mean, it doesn't have to be real. It just has to be his perception. Mm. I mean, at the end of the day, if he signed with fucking, you know, he signed with that old guard, and so you know, like honestly, the, I mean, the dude is fucking massive, fat dude. I mean, and honestly, fucking heart disease can't come soon enough. To be honest, I mean, so, so if anyone wants to do, if you want to do something constructive for the Manly Club, start sending fucking Bucklever to the fucking head office and see if you can get it stuffed down the fat controller. And, you know, because the sooner he's out of the picture, the better things are going to fucking be. <laughs> wow, off, to- off the topic there. Um, Rev Sunny 101. Manly lose a cripple fight. Apparently they forgot you never go full chapo. Bulldog fucking smiting his own fellow fan. Cody, Cody Girdlestone. Passive aggressive. The only thing more, more broken than a Stanley boy is Manly's defence. <laughs> uh, Stoic Bunny. If I wanted to watch New South Wales Cup, I'll go down to Henson Park. The base Chapo. Tonight show that Wolfman is barely a rugby league player anymore. Hash, retire now, Wolfman. Hash, look at the flowers, Wolfman. Hash, just we, Tuvi. Unky D. I, for one, welcome the opportunity to experience a club slump. It builds empathy for normal folk, i.e. peasants. Hash, rise for Manly. <laughs> Gold Coast Titans 32 defeated the Penrith Panthers 6. This one, the Titans had a double to Will- William Zillman. Josh Hoffman, a double. James Roberts, try. Caesar, three from four. And Greg Bird, one from one conversions. And Caesar also got a pair of penalty goals. The Panthers, try to Blake. Conversion to Moylan. That's it. Uncharacteristic performance uh, based on recent 
recent times for the Panthers. They're fucked with injuries too, though. I mean, they really are. They, they they wilted under the pressure and, and leaked points, which is not something um, that they've done a, a lot of over the last season or so. They got um, better depth than us, but I mean, they're still fucking hurting from you know as well. Yeah. So, yeah, second to us as far as injuries are concerned. Zilman, vintage, vintage display <laughs> from Zilman. <laughs> No, it's not. It was good display. A no, vintage, vintage display. A vintage. His, his Canberra vintage. You remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was actually fucking red hot for a while there, wasn't he? Fucking eighth. He was unstoppable. And then That was blew. in the period of us doing the show, wasn't it? Was he getting hat tricks? Like, I just... Uh, was it? Excellent question. I just have this this vague feeling about hat tricks. Oh, he, he would have had to have been at Canberra. Because you know how we go with hat tricks, you know? Like. Yeah. Yeah, let's keep bringing that up. Um... Some slick attack on display from the Titans and their bigger names are starting to inspire. And um, James Roberts with a bit of room, you know. Well, we oh, talked about yeah. this at length last week, and I mean that motherfucker is just—he's the fastest guy going around, right? It's it's, it's ridiculous. Um, but they—I just felt like you know Panthers in the early stages, they you know. Comp- competitive and then Titans just you know passes started to go sloppy you know the couple of real long breakaway runs from from errors from from Penrith as well which yep. gave the Titans really good field position and um some of the tries that they did run in there was one particularly long range effort but um they, they pushed up through the middle it just seems to be a different attitude on the Gold Coast at the moment I, I don't know if it's you know a bit of a siege mentality due to the the, the cocaine thing or whether it's having Bird and Taylor and people like that back um, but whatever it is they were impressive in this game and, and Penham's going to have some work to do by the time they get their full complement back exactly exactly uh, surprisingly not too many tweets on this game Mup 23 based on their two games against us the Panthers are a 66 point better team with their cheerleaders hash funny game rugby league He's trying. He's really trying to make that happen. Shutter eighty six. Not sure what caused more jizz on smartphone screens this week. New Star Wars teaser or Mansour going down injured. Hash super coach cash out. And uh, did you watch the Star Wars teaser? No, I did watch the. What? Okay, no, please continue. Please why, continue. Why is that funny? What? I just. I'd really have to rewatch. We're of a similar age, and I can't believe that fucking Star Wars, you know, like it's, it's not something that excites you. Another Star Wars instalment, and then you get that fuck, then you get that fucking teaser. Like fuck, man. I watched the Batman and Superman one. The Batman, good, the good Superman. version of it or the shitty version? No, the, the good yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. No, I watched that, that too. Fucking awesome. That's yeah. right up my alley. It's but- pretty fucking. Looks, you know. Batman vs Superman. You know, if, uh, come at me, you fucking Superman cunt. Superman <laughs> goes fucking Bzzz! dead. You fucking ant. <laughs> Honestly. Oh my god. <laughs> god. I mean, I know you got to suspend your disbelief to to watch a movie where people have powers and stuff. But Superman's a fucking you know uh, indestructible god, and fucking Batman's a rich dude with cool toys. There's no fucking conflict there. I mean, there's no there's no fucking challenge there. And he's got you see in the, that trailer, he had like a big fucking armored suit or whatever. And he's probably got kryptonite fucking dildos sticking out of it or something. But you know, try and fucking fuck. fuck <laughs> why, why does it have to be dildos? I don't. I don't get it. Why? I don't know. <laughs> why did the, Why did the picture have to have dildos in the background? Why does Batman have to have kryptonite dildos? 
Why can't he just have a suit? Oh no, the fuck you got good and painted on it, or a couple of kryptonite <laughs> stones in the suit. What? what yeah. is, you just see Superman. He's up there floating, and all of a sudden, dunk, he just yeah. gets hit with a kryptonite. Look, I, and like, I, and falls out of the sky. I, I, I like, I like Batman. Like, I'm just not a fan of Superman because it's just like it's always felt. No matter, I mean, like the Christopher Reeve, you, you know, you, like, the original was, was fucking great. Especially probably because of its era as well, like you know the fucking effects for the time. You're like, oh fuck, you know, holy shit! But you just get like, like Superman is so fucking indestructible, apart from this little fucking minor loophole, that never at any stage of any Superman movie or comic book have I ever fucking felt like he was in any jeopardy at all, which totally takes any sort of suspense or you know tension out of the situation. That's my main problem with it. But you know, of course I'll be there watching that shit. But um. That Star Wars trailer was fucking something, something else though. I'll have to watch it. Taps into fucking emotions, like taps into fucking like. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm like a sentimental fucking person anyway, but like you know, like my earliest childhood memories going to watch Star Wars with my old man, my uncle, but um, at the movies, but fucking yeah, brings fucking it brings shit back instantly. And I don't know how the fuck we got on there. Oh yeah, the Star Wars teaser from Shanahan. Famous. <laughs> Penrith dragged the Titans down to their level and they nearly beat them with experience, but the cream always rises to the top. Gee, Titans fans, they're partying like it's 2007. Yeah. North Queensland... Doesn't sit right with me. <laughs> that's right, I won't last. <coughs> North Queensland Cowboys 28 defeat the Warriors 24 up there at 1,300 teeth. And look, we said it was going to happen and all, but fuck me, they... They uh, they made enough of a mission of it. Uh, Cowboys 28, hat-trick to Jake Granville. As good... Wingers in the pack <laughs> hooking do. <laughs> Kane Linnett, Lachlan Coote also tries Thurston four from five conversions to feed the Warriors. Twenty four points came from tries to Conrad Harrell, Jonathan Wright, Carter, Vadavai, three from three conversions to Johnson and a penalty goal. Looks like uh, Jake Granville's found a home in Townsville. Um I wonder what that means for Ray Ray Thompson. Fucking bye bye Ray Ray. Yeah. He's his gig at five eight's been taken. And um, his backup gig at Hook has been taken. There's not much left for uh, for poor old Ray Ray. Yeah, and they can't shunt. Old, they can't shunt fucking five eight back to fullback because uh, Lockie settled in a bit. Yeah, so it might be Ray Ray and uh, and Robert Louie being shipped out, taking the fucking cutters or whoever they play for. Yeah, yeah, to to minor league glory. Warriors could have saved me the heartache and and pulled this performance a week ago against Tigers. <laughs> we would have rolled over the top of them if they finished like that. But Tigers the first half side, not the second half side, though. Yeah, it, it, that is fairly fairly accurate. Much debate um, around Thurston's 250th game over whether he or Joey are the best ever and, and whether JT is going to be an immortal. I'm very interested in your take on this. I, I'm a massive... I was always a massive Joey fan. Like, just... That guy, he, he's def- like defensively he hit like a fucking, you know, a second rower. Yeah. And in attack, he just, he was always in position, always in the right position, always, um, you know, the vast majority of the time taking the taking the best attacking option. And yep. Um, I think Joey probably pips him because he was a better defender. I think. Far better Thurston. defender. I think Thurston was a better competitor. Joey, yeah. Not to say Joey was uncompetitive. But Joey or, was this fucking guy that, like, he would... 
there would be games when he had a, a shit cunt side around him. And I mean, obviously Thurston's been in the same situation, but Joey would just instantly make something happen the second it needed to happen. Mm. Joey won premierships, and like I mean proper ones, not fucking you know ones where you give your ring to Stephen Price because you fucking ran off the bench. I yeah, mean, I, I get Thurston. If Thurston doesn't lead, I'm going to go. That's the that's the deciding factor. If Thurston me. doesn't lead that Cowboys side to a premiership, not an immortal ever. When you look at the guys in front of him, like guys like Mal Meninga and fucking Darren Lockyer, what mm. they've done in terms of leadership of their sides. Thurston's a great player, and he's probably individually more skillful than than both of those guys. However, fuck Jackson will scratch your eyes out. He's little, he can't reach. <laughs> I'll stay away from chairs and ladders. <laughs> but, like, he, I think he's probably, you know, more brilliantly, certainly more so than, than Mal. But, when you look at the whole full picture thing, there's no fucking way in the world that he could ever be an immortal before those two guys. And those two guys sure. probably get it. Like, I mean, you know, maybe it's a moot point. Like, like, those two guys, you know, are pretty much assured anyway, you would think. But,. Yeah, Thurston's fucking not even in the league for that kind of thing. I mean, isn't it amazing that for all these years we only had we had seven immortals. Yeah, like we haven't in- inducted an immortal since when the nineties. Hadn't yeah, yeah, something like. That. Then it was Joey like yeah. two years two years ago something. Yeah. And now we're talking about the next three or four. Yeah, they need. Yeah, you know, the thing is, the immortal thing is just a marketing, you know, rugby league thing around rugby league week. They really need to instigate a, or implement a, a proper. Hall of Fame Hall of situation. Fame. Mm. The immortal thing is is all well and good, but let's get a proper Hall of Fame in. Or, you know what? Get like a tiered Hall of Fame thing that goes through, like, you know, there's a club-level Hall of Fame, a state Hall of Fame, and then the actual, you know, Rugby League Hall of Fame. And you can stick, you know, your guys like your Joeys and your fucking, you know, Churchills and all those kinds of guys, you know. Yeah, that's a the- good idea to have a club one, because, you know, Stan Presdy's probably not going to make the uh the Trevor NRL. fucking Cogger. Exactly. I mean, he's I making mean, the NRL. He's, how he's not been in the in the uh, immortal, immortal conversation <laughs> is uh, is beyond me. Golden yeah, balls. Yeah. Um, but certainly, for, you know, for club, you know, people, the luminaries, Nathan, luminaries yep. like Stan Presdy, Pat O'Doherty, you know, people like that that just laid the foundation for the for the Western Suburbs Magpies all those years ago. It's beautiful, yep. beautiful thing. But then you could have you guys that are like, you know, that kind of, it's kind of like a life membership level at the moment, isn't it? Like yeah. that sort of the Hall of Fame thing for you, you know, but that's really based on time. Mostly it's games played, not so much, True. you know, impact and that sort of thing. So what's, the, what's the life membership? Mainly 200. 200, games. yeah. So we've got, uh, you know, Skivvy's up there on the way. Yeah. Yep. Is he, did he just make it? Or? I think he's, I think he's still a bit short, but yep. now he'll, be, he'll, he'll hit it this year though. Um, that's all I've got on this game, sorry. <laughs> That's all right. I was about to start reading a note from uh, from the, the next, next game, game which Hammers, wouldn't, wouldn't have been very yeah, good. It's a scientific fact that the Warriors are unable to play 80 minutes of football. Hash real talk, hash fact, hash that's true, hash Tigers in decline. Way to fucking spam the hashtags, man. DeLorean Gray, remember when Tamau was considered a quality player rather than just an average penalty giver with excellent hair? <laughs> excellent hair. No, NQC underscore Jono. Sorry, Jay Hilgenfeld. The revelation of the 2015 NRL season has a magnificent head of hair and wears nine for the cows. Hash magic Jakey. Oh, fuck, he's jumped on. Yeah. He's three jumped, tries and he's all up on his business. on that bandwagon very, very quickly. <laughs> um, and look, you know, I love Hilgenfeld. I don't know if he's going to be the revelation. 
but um, he's a super fan of the year. I mean, like, the super fan of the year is locked. I mean, it's, it's look, he's fucking locked up. <laughs> I mean, it would take well, it. I mean, no, ain't giving the award just yet. I'm not Someone giving, I'm else not, might actually have a crack. And I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to inspire the other guys. <sighs> These other motherfuckers. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. These guys, you know, need need someone, you know, to, to to snatch a super fan of the year award. You'd have to probably, you know, be like the the you know fucker right and the pussy guy, except you know hitting the live crosses with tigers in decline or something, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Wouldn't be getting my vote. Um, hit, hitting the fucking man of the match <laughs> presentations with ref's fault. <laughs> imagine, <laughs> imagine if you could do that like on a pest level, like the Phantom Siren guy. Like you just pest it every time, like every Friday night game, you're fucking there, like yeah, it. <laughs> there you go, guys. That we idea is free of charge. <laughs> um, NZ Danos, beginning to think the Warriors could use some digit stimulation tips from Blake Ferguson. <laughs> hash Butterfingers. Hash too soon. I don't think that made, meant that Blake Ferguson had excellent handling at all. <laughs> uh, Warriors suck balls. SSDC, same shit, a different coach. The New Zealand Warriors, they need to teach mental toughness to defend the lead. Hash stop high-fiving mistakes. Yeah, yeah that is a bit of a bugbear for me. I mean, I understand why, you know, they're kind of like, you know, don't want to do to get fucking down on himself and that, but still. He's a fucking professional athlete. Yeah, Bob, you would Ford, think that Bob Ford's fine, with those motherfuckers, you know, for missed tackles right. back that, in the day. That, that should come with a residual amount of mental toughness. Yeah. That if you knock the ball on, you're not going to go to pieces. Have, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> dead. Yeah. Except, you know, like Josh Reynolds when he goes, you know, has his... <laughs> You remember you were talking about that Broncos game yeah. <laughs> where he's tripping people. Yeah, that guy's. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that you, you shouldn't he's pull a certified fucking crazy person on the field <laughs> aside and have a quiet word with them. That's that's encouraging. Yeah, Melbourne Storm 17 defeated the Sydney Roosters 16 at Amy Park. 17 points came from tries to Corbetti, Kafusi, Will Chambers, Cooper Cronk got a field goal, the crucial field goal, and Cameron Smith, too, from three conversions, defeating the Roosters 16, tries to Mitch Orbison, Daniel Tupo, a couple of conversions and penalties for James Maloney. Corey Betty, thriving under Bellamy. Um, such a talent offensively. We saw uh, a couple of weeks ago his running of the ball, um, got some broken field opportunities and really uh, set sail. It's fucking impressive to watch him get to full speed. Um in this game, was a couple more subtle touches and, and one cracking take under a high ball. Um, he, he's In the past, he's struggled. He's, he's really struggled under high balls, um, both offensively and, and on the defensive side of the ball, and he's made some horrible reads in defence. But it looks like um, Bellamy's really uh, taking a shining to him and... and you know, showing him the teaching him how the to finer read. points of uh, of the the wing position defensively, which he, he really struggled with when he was at the Tigers. Um, just watching Roosters games over the last, you know, they've lost a few in the row, but um, you know, the Sharkies game they were, they were well and truly in it. They just made silly errors, silly errors at at important times, and 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 same for this game. They were, you know. They got done by a point, but they had ample opportunity to to score more tries, and and they just you know just an, an odd area here or there. They don't feel like they're far off, but you know they've they've lost what four straight now or something. Mm-hmm. And um, confidence in in Robinson to to get them through it, and and um, 
and turn the corner. But I, I don't think there's that much work for them to do. But just you know, you look at the way the media is treating Maloney at the moment. They're yeah. starting to, you know, the knives are out for the Roosters. Yeah, it's not really him. Well, he's missed X amount of tackles, but then you look back, like you know, yeah. a few tackles later, and you got your Brookses and so you know, other, and every other halfback is on the list, you know, essentially. So, you know, I'm not going to put too much on him, and you know, at the end of the day, could be Manly next year. Fucking great player, even better bloke. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I think Cooper Cronk's kicked some cracking field goals in his time. Yeah. I mean, the sinews just fucking align and, you know, the, the, hay, <laughs> yeah, the hay's burning in the village and fucking... I reckon we just call him sinews. The best fish on. and chips, you know, yeah. like just the best hot chips you can ever get down the road, <laughs> fucking with your sinews and shit. He was probably eating some mad hot chips after that game. <laughs> after that field goal. <laughs> well, do enjoy some hot chips, Nathan. Brendan underscore Kelly. I was just saying, did, did you have a look at Michael Barney's thing? Puts Cooper Cronk to shame. That motherfucker's got real talk. <laughs> real inspiration. Come from a real fucking legend of the game. Fuck Cooper Cronk and his weird fucking Scientology shit. <laughs> Cronk L. Hubbard. <laughs> Brendan underscore Kelly. I'm not saying ref's fault, but how can Storm play a perfect no penalty 40 minutes? Still so brave. Oh, so brave. Ollie Reed 82. Really looking forward to getting stuck into Stink Eagles next week after that tough performance. Hash Purple Pride, Hash Popper Cherry. And uh, he sent a number of tweets, but you know I try and keep it to one per game from people. Uh, he's got a he's got a real Saguna vibe about him, though, as far as pest is concerned. My Saguna eighty five. Oh, how about that? <laughs> Speaking how, of Saguna vibes, yeah, how bad has Fergo Karma hit the Roosters? He's been out for three weeks, equals three losses. By the way, can you believe he's going to be a dad? Is that a picture? Of, is that what the picture was with him? Those, and the blonde girl? No, no, no. Saguna. He's the drawing from Hilgenfeld. They were. Um, uh, that was Saguna vibes. On the shelf in the background. <laughs> oh, that, yeah. Um, yeah. Look, I don't, you know, I don't care about Ferguson being a dad. I mean, you know, the, the, the media can try and make this kind of redemption story as much as they fucking like. But, I mean, you know, we've we've dictated, you know, we've laid down what needs to happen and it's not going to fucking happen. So, he's not ever going to get the pass that, you know, from us that he's getting from the other media and I'm sure he doesn't give a fucking shit about it. That probably doesn't even fucking know. <laughs> Hope, you know, um, the roosters, the fucking penalty situation. Though, when you see it laid out, it is pretty fucking bad for the roosters over like the last. It is. Fuck, I just saw the table before. What was the? It's it's like nuts when you look. I can't remember what the the period of time is, but the differential between penalties given and penalties uh, against. I remember seeing Manly's, you know, down the bottom of that list as well, like negative sixty something, and the storm of they're down, they're thereabouts down in the last four as well. And like say, let's say for argument's sake, because I don't have the exact figures in front of me, but let's say for argument's sake that, that Manly have a differential of penalties given and versus penalties conceded of negative 66. The Roosters, negative 306. Jesus. Like, it's it's, probably, it's fairly fucking decisive. And you've said... They can say all they want. You've said before that it is, you know, it is a bit of a game plan, but I just wonder... To that extent, though, I don't believe... You know, like, I mean, it's definitely a Robinson tactic. I mean, back to defence, concede two or tackles versus you know a, a try and or, or being you know in disarray and conceding a try that's absolutely whether the east fans want to admit it or not that's absolutely a tactic and it absolutely works for them and, and it makes the penalty counts look bad however the getting of the penalties though you have to you can't you know how they're much, not playing perfect sides well no i i get that but how much of it is that they are legitimate legitimately ill-disciplined side yeah, but that, this is what I'm saying. This does, that doesn't affect the penalties they're given. 
That only affects the ones against them, that they concede. What we're saying is that, like, the last two weeks, they've played sides who have been perfect in the second half. Yeah. In close fucking games. But you'd have to, I mean... Decided on, you know... You'd have to have a look at those and, you know... Look, you see games all the time where, you know, the referees, one guy's... break it down, you know, there's going to be ample opportunity um, to analyse and and find more penalties that weren't given, so... If X-Plane really wants to fucking, you know, have no life left, I would love to see a breakdown of the Roosters' penalty counts... Uh, on a on a, on a on a referee pairing basis, or like you know, on you know, this is like I'm really curious to see if it's like like with Manly. I mean, I know you'd, if you put Chech and, and Shane Hayne in the house, they they would be by far the worst offenders when it comes to Manly games. But I wonder if there's something like that for the Roosters. Is there like one guy that is that has really like sunk their fucking average overall, or a couple of guys? Very curious to see. I mean, it's just you know. Maybe East fans. I mean, they like to, they like to bitch so much about it. So maybe they could actually do the research and, and let X Plane live a little. True. West. Oh no, can't go them first, can I? Because Canberra Raiders thirty defeated the West Tigers twenty two. Leichhardt thirty points. To the Raiders came from tries to Shannon Boyd, Jared Croker, Frank Paul, the tennis ball, Jack Whiten, Jordan Rapana, Jared Croker four from five conversions and a penalty goal, and uh, no doubt that. One conversion he missed, you know, made the eyes water a bit. Tigers 22. Simona. Pat, Simona. Pat Richards. Keith Galloway. Luke Brooks. Three from four conversions. Pat Richards. First game of this season that felt like 2012 through 2014. Um, 22 nil up. 25 minutes. Yeah, I'll less, wasn't it? Th- it felt, felt even less than that. I, I thought it was going to be 188 nil. And it should have been. Um... <laughs> Tedesco. Why 188 over fucking 88, which would just be like, you know, if you multiplied, you know, if it was a quarter of the game with 22 and you multiplied by four, where'd you get the extra 100 from? Oh, because, fuck. Once, they were going to accelerate this Once they're killed rate. off, we'll just, just <laughs> storm home. Um, Tedesco's unstoppable with the ball, but all our attack seems to come from him. Um, he's creating some things from nothing. He's, you know, his combination with Brooks is impressive. Um, and... If he happens to get on the outside of his man, then it's... He did take a couple of wrong options um, in holding onto the ball, not passing it. Um, I hope JT's got in his ear and and got, got him being more alert in future because um, we've got some important games coming up. We can't afford to be wasting opportunities like by not giving you a wing of the ball. I thought the... Uh, the Raiders show that they're a different side this year. Um, still coached by Ricky Stewart, so I'm sure there's an implosion imminent um, where they won't be able to crack it for a win for you know six months or five years or something. But certainly in this game, they hung in. They got a sniff and went for the kill against the Tigers, and the Tigers just couldn't go with them. It was too much of an irresistible force. And um, the Tigers just... They fucking lost their way completely. And Brooks and Moses didn't... Uh, didn't really know which way to turn. We had Robbie off the field, and um, our attacking options are coming down to midfield bombs, bombs in the red zone, you know, fucking bombs when we're approaching anywhere near our... Look, we're fucking better than this. That's like Penrith like 2012 or 2011 or whatever, is it? Yeah, bombs <laughs> or give it to Tedesco. It's, there's, there's more 
to those kids than that. So yeah. um, they really need to start showing it and consistently because too many crash balls are getting dropped, too many first runner balls are getting dropped. Um, and there's, you know, when those two young halves are out there together and, and with Robbie having a break to start the second halves these days, more often than not, um, they've really got to learn to take the game by the scruff of the neck. This is fucking poor coaching. Like, this is Robbie, this Robbie Farris situation. I can see what he's doing to try and keep him fresh. They're fucking the team. That's what he's doing. Yeah, it's... Fucking their start are, the second we half. We are and have been always a different side with Robbie off the park. Um, that shouldn't be up for debate and it shouldn't be something that is questioned. Um, yeah, I just... I don't really want to live through that game. It was fucking painful. <laughs> Later, Jay, we got, like, uh, yeah, apologies if people don't get their tweets read out, but some games this week we had two tweets. This game we had about 2,000 tweets, or, you know, the start of the game, you know, exuberant fucking Tigers. As it started to turn, Canberra guy started putting the boot in and everyone starts throwing. I mean, these are just the ones I selected, and I gave it a, a decent whack of tweets because there were so many. Later, Jay, Kurt Baptiste, Golden Globe, and most magnificent beard in a supporting role. Agreed. Hash Wookie. Voodoo Rock, if you put James Maloney versus Luke Brooks one-on-one in the field, does anyone make a tackle? Brooksy had some horrible misses. Um, How about when he got absolutely fucking slaughtered? Oh, my God. And, like, I don't want to call it, like, the hit of the year because, you know, he'd already delivered a pass at that stage, so it wasn't like a, a, you know, a a tackle per se. But holy fuck, he got absolutely... Belted. Absolutely. I can't even think of a fucking term for it. But, I mean... One of the best, fucking just slaughtered. Yeah, Jackson. Oh, we I saw it up on Vine it. or something later on yeah. as well, and I was fucking watching it on loop. I probably looped it through about twenty times. Just fucking bam, fucking dude. Jackson was like, "He dead? What? <laughs> what happened there, Dad?" I was like, "Oh, he got he got axed, mate." Well, it looked like he's he got hit by a car. He's <laughs> looking at the replay. He's like, "He got belted." <laughs> Yes, mate. Yes, he did. Now, let this be a lesson of not what, what not yeah. to do on the field if you want to live a long life. The Scarecrow 23. Did the run TMB shirts look good early and then fade after a couple of washes? You'll have to buy one to find out. Boom. Jake underscore Chook. Second week in a row, Tigers leak batch points when Robbie's off the field. Five out of seven games under 70 minutes. JT's subs are hurting the team. Can't needs agree be, with you more. Needs to be addressed. So though, Dan, Tigers lost the tackle the Sharks picked up against the Cowboys. <laughs> it's only fair when you think about it. Uh, Jim Man Bear Pig, step one, score 22 unanswered points. Step two, concede 30 unanswered points. Step three, question mark. Step four, profit. Hash run TMB shirt still available. Stuart Marler, hey NRL, we did our bit and didn't throw bottles when your refs fucked up our games. And now you do your bit and not fuck up our game. Look. I like where you cover from. This is the tackle situation, the tackle thing. It's a terrible. It's a terrible thing to happen, uh, because it's such an easy fucking mistake. Oh, it's it's such a me. it's such a fundamental thing not to fuck up. For, like for any fan, any Tigers fan saying that if we had had that tackle, thinking that that would have made an, an a it was your last possession game. for the match. Fucking give me a break. One we tackle could have been a penalty block, try. Twenty two block try. after less than twenty minutes, and. And we've invited the team, the our opponents back into the game and then coughed up possession and, and let them score whichever way they thought was going to be best. And 
you know, we're better than that this year. We resist. And our defence is much better, but, you know, the, the defence to finish that game, was some of it was fairly ordinary. Yep. Uh, Ives, 81. No tweets from Raiders fans. I bet you got a few after this amazing comeback. Hash run around TMB. Hash run through TMB. Hash run over TMB. Hash here we come. I love it. And it was funny. I said, actually, no. Most of the tweets from disappointed Tigers fans. <laughs> Parramatta Eels, 28. Defeated Newcastle Knights, 22. Up at Hunter. And, uh, the Eels, uh, double to John Folau. Uh, Farimo and uh, Nathan Peets with a double. Uh, Chris Sandow, three from four conversions and a penalty. Well, defeated the Knights, 22. Tries to Houston, Uwate Pate, Gagai and McManus. Tyron Roberts, two from four conversions and a penalty goal. Entertaining game, I thought. Some yep. really nice backline plays and, and smooth flowing football end to end. Some sketchy defence, albeit, but um, yeah, really, really enjoyed watching this game. It was very entertaining. Gagai for the Knights is going from strength to strength. And in my opinion, there's only a handful of better centres in the NRL than him at the moment. He's footworking. He's, he's, he's fucking electrifying. Yeah. And the start that the Knights had to this game was incredible. I thought they were going to absolutely fucking flog the Eels the way they started. Exactly right. Um, Eels did well to, to hang with them and then ultimately finish over the top of them, um, which was a good sign for Parra. I think they had to stretch to win that game. And um, given their form over the past couple of weeks, it's 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 sometimes good when you know a team that is trying to find out where they're at in the pecking orders, you know, hooks in and, and really stands up. So, uh, yeah, impressive effort from the Eels. Uh, Paraman Mark 2. Well, we win that game despite ourselves. I'll take the win, but fuck me, we still got a lot of work to do. Andrew Nathan, 05. I've seen two-day-old puppies show more urgency than the night show today. No heart from them hurts my head, hash jerks. The Mitch Eye. Dear Rick Stone, get some cunt about you and sack the Gumbies. Hash bye-bye Robertson Gidley. Hash stumble trip RMG. Uh, and Arbenso. Richie Fayoso comeback was shorter than Mal Meninga's political career. Ouch. So that Dan. I wish Watmo had a nickname that rhymed with penalty. Ah, the fun we could have. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, to round out the, the week in action, Cronulla Sharks 18 defeated the Rabbitohs 10 at the tip. And the tip was more like the fucking pool. A crowd, 3,978 in attendance. Absolute shit fans for the Sharkies. And, um... <laughs> I believe this is the lowest turnout to a game since the you know Super League era, yeah. or maybe just after that. I think it was like the very late nineties. Fuck that! I've been to Shark Park when it's been shit weather, and there's no way I'd wish that upon anyone. Those hardy three thousand nine hundred seventy-eight fans, fucking hell, mate! Good, good job. My hat to you. I'm not. I'm not going to. You know, I, I give. I give. You know, little to no credit to the players. You were paid to be there, but these fans. Exactly. Monday night, shittiest slot of the week to watch a game of football. Uh, fucking, it's like a, a once in a generation weather fucking thing happening at the moment in Sydney as far as flooding. I'm seeing tweets come up with people like saying like Manly Dam's fucking overflowing and, Jesus. you know, so there's actually like flooding around there. And I mean, so it's fucking shit is real down there. And these fucking, these fucking idiots turn up to the tip to watch this game of football. It's fucking horrible game of football. What about the guys that rocked up in scuba suits? Yeah, well, I, I, all the credit in the world. Yeah, pretty fucking, well done. Yeah. I mean, those guys obviously fucking... The, Probably yeah. some of the worst conditions I thought in, since that game in WA a couple of years ago. I think it was Power and South, from memory. Yeah. Um, 
where you know you see the ball putting, stopping in the goal area, putting spiral bombs up, and they're, they're not stopping. even bouncing, <laughs> not even bouncing in the in goal. Yeah, pretty impressive. He who adapts wins in those sorts <laughs> exactly. of situations. But uh, many wouldn't have given the Sharks a chance in this game. I think once the pissing down rain started, I mean that makes any game closer because yeah. it makes it a lottery. Absolutely, it just it, and that's exactly what it became. Um, the Sharks defended more uh, more urgently than South did, and um, and they turned the extra possession as a result of that into points. Calculated, um, you know, controlled victory over the defending premiers. So, um, you know, the the weather was an unknown quantity. To be honest, you you, you can't. Um, can't be too hard on South, but certainly for the Sharks, they're building some momentum, and and um, you know if they get it right, they're going to be a good side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this game is kind of one of those ones where you don't really put a too too much in it for either side because the the conditions were so spectacularly unique that uh, the way the ball bounced or floated on the day is really you know what happened. But having said that, the, I don't have the figure in front of me. I don't know if you had it, but um. The completion rate over the entire game for the Sharks was something like maybe four sets they didn't complete, and like that's really that's good. Fucking great for dry weather, you know. Yeah, exactly. On a dry Sunday, but when you put it in the worst, the worst conditions that we've seen in the modern era of rugby league, with all likelihood, uh, you know, incredible. So if, if nothing else, I mean, fuck the way that they held onto the ball was, you know. Yeah, you couldn't ask for much more. Exactly. Um, Grace Nixon underscore. Imagine the soggy biscuit legs out of this weather tonight. The ankles would be snapping left, right, and center. Hash field full of crumbs. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be more like yeah. It'd be like you said, soggy biscuit legs. It'd be like that. Like yeah. they'd just be like dissolving everywhere. Exactly. Um, Grace sent us a great picture earlier in the week as well, saying that this is like a you know the. The Penrith cheerleaders on Twitter, and it was like <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. I loved that, it. that cat just like surrounded by hot dogs. <laughs> Danger underscore anger. What a great innovation to play the match and have the pool recovery session at the same time. Clever. You fucking what, mate? The March premiers have forgotten how to win, and the March spooners have forgotten how to lose. Hash lol at Souths at hash up up Cronulla. Cole underscore three sixteen. Sharks natural habitat equals water. Eat a dick Souths and see you in another forty odd years. You've, you've, you're treading a very fucking dangerous, dangerous line when you start talking about 40-odd years as a Sharkies fan. Exactly. So, I mean, there's a, you know, there's other things that 40-odd years accounts for, too. Luke Shark 74 eat a dick south, a really wet dick. And I'm just... The, the Sharkies fans seem to be intent on serving South fans' dicks. Perhaps, perhaps Anthony Watts could somehow, you know, find an angle to get in there. Uh, Devonhead... Phil Gould keeps telling me Souths don't know how to lose. What a fucked up universe does he live in? Previews for round number eight of the uh, Telstra Blah Blah. Friday Night Football. (laughs) That's really unprofessional, man. I know. Oh, no. It's getting tired. Uh, Canterbury makes our Bulldogs take on the West Tigers. I'm surprised you haven't been sucked into the vortex every time I yawn. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, they say it's contagious. I mean, ah. I mean, you've, I mean if, if that's contagious... Imagine I mean, you've if got, like, Luna Park yawned. 
That's what's going on in this room right it's now. It's just that they say that, that, you know, it's contagious in terms of like, that. you know, I'm going to see you yawning and somehow be, you know, triggered myself to yawn, which hasn't happened. I mean, but like the way you're yawning, if you're talking about contagious, this is like the fucking AIDS of yawning, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're like yawning oh, I'm AIDS. My fucking jaw is hurting from yawning so much. <laughs> and that too. Um <laughs> Doggies, doggies versus Tigers. Look, doggies kind of keeping it together over the course of a game, and they're having stronger second halves than they're having first. Um, the West Tigers, <laughs> the opposite, in the complete opposite. Yeah, so like it could be nil all or two hundred all. Or <laughs> so what? So well, the best, the, the best that can be said is that the team leading at halftime is going to win narrowly or lose narrowly. <laughs> Especially if it's a big lead. <laughs> Josh Morris back in for the Bulldogs, which yeah, is a big in. He's nothing. Jesus. Um, Heroic in the origin, heroic in the origin last year, but he's at a club since he's joined the dogs. He's done pretty much sweet fuck all. Let's be real. That's controversial. Um, look, I'm, I'm expecting, I'm willing, the Tigers to to put in a much, uh, a much better performance against the Bulldogs and and match something like they did a few weeks ago when they played them and, um, and play the you know just go out on the limb. How about you play the eighty minutes, boys? For fuck's sake. Who's his name in 18? Deloise Hooter. Hooter. He did play uh, one Sounds game. like something that would have happened like in the fucking, you know, popular era for 21 Jump Street. You would have had like Michael Deloise down there spotted at Hooters. It sounds like a paparazzi thing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, he's a good player. I, um, I'm, uh, I'm hearing that David Nofaluma is on the outer. Really? Nofa. And he just signed uh, a, con- a new contract. Was it last season? Yeah. Um, on the outer injury, he's injured at the moment. Came back from uh, missed the start of the season. Came back from his injury, and now he's he's hurt again. So um, I wonder if Deloise Hoyter might be his replacement. Kevin Nagama signed for the Tigers also last week. Very impressive. There's a guy that's been given an opportunity. And busted his ass and made fucking every post a winner. Great to see. Tipping the Tigers. Boy. 18. I honestly don't know. I mean, I don't. It's like, it, dogs are still fucking down, down on troops. I mean, the West Tigers should win the game, but then the West Tigers and they go and fucking do shit like last week. I mean, it's just hard to say. I think the dogs are probably a more consistent outfit. I mean, like West Tigers, the first half is consistent in the motherfucker. I mean, they're fantastic. But across the game, also consistent in the second half, Nathan. <laughs> yeah, that's right, but for the wrong reason. Um, no, Warriors. Huh? I mean, oh, yeah, it's because of course we've got the Anzac Day weekend. Warriors versus the Gold Coast Titans takes place in New Zealand, Mount Smart Stadium. Because it's across the ditch. I'm Warriors. Go the Warriors. Yep. And the Warriors, you know, they're they're competing pretty well in all their games this season. They are, and I mean. I just, you know, they're another side that can't play for 80 minutes either. And, they've, well, they've, um, they've got this rocks and diamonds thing within the same game, and it's... I, I'd hate to be a fucking Warriors fan. I mean, it's, it's like... I remember, like, Manly, like, in like 2009, 2010 or something. Remember how they'd always, you know, they'd get run down, and it was a thing, mm. and people were saying, oh, you know, they're, they're too big, or, you know, they're, you know, well, fitness this and fitness that. And, um, yeah, then the very next year they turned... I think it must have been two, t- 2010, I think. But yeah, this, this is what's happening with these fucking... Warriors this year. Exactly. Just Johnson really needs to take him by the scruff of the neck. Um, but I think the Warriors will win. I think they will, and I'll back them just because they seem to go okay over in New Zealand. Newcastle Knights take on North Queensland Cowboys. Hunter. 
Cowboys. Knight's not in good enough form. No, the Hunter thing's not even working anymore for him. Yeah, that's it. Um, I think the Cowboys will get it done here. I think it'll be a tight game, especially up at the Hunter. Well supported, the Knights. Um, I just think uh, Thurston, Scott, Justin O'Neill. <laughs> Wait, what did I just say? <laughs> <laughs> Thurston, Scott, um, and uh, I, th- I think they, you know, they've got both the bases covered with their go forward, and then um, JT playing off the back of that like he like he does. Uh, a lot of talk for Gavin Cooper to play Origin this year. Um, be a worthy, you know, he's been a toiler, but he's he's uh, he's always been improving, and yep. uh, his um, his place in that Cowboys side is very very important with his whole running. Yep. So I'm going to tip the Cowboys. Yeah, I think the Cowboys will win. I mean, the Knights have had it. They've shown us a couple of looks through the season uh, in terms of you know how fast or slow they start the games. I just think uh, no matter what they do, I think that you know, I think the Cowboys are going to get them. True. At the end, I mean, they, they might. You know, their their best chance is to start fast like they did last week and relinquish it. But you know, the Cowboys, they've come. They, you know, they've come back in nearly all their wins. So. Yeah, I think the Cowboys are starting to get the roll on. They're starting to become the team like you know that we thought they were at the start of the season, or that the people were saying they were at the start of the season, and uh, they're starting to live, you know grow into that a little bit more. Sure. Uh, Sydney Roosters take on St George Illawarra Dragons at Allianz, the traditional Anzac Day clash, so to speak. Roosters have, you know, they're in a slump, and the Dragons are in the complete opposite of that. So. Do the Roosters rise to the occasion for Anzac Day and, and, and jag a win, or, or do the Dragons uh, continue on their merry way? It's a, it's a tough call. Um, I'm going to tip the Roosters. Look, I think they the can't Roosters... Keep, they can't keep losing, and and the Dragons can't keep winning at the end of the day. I just I just think the Roosters are far too good to, to have lost those games on the trot, and I think the Dragons are probably overachieving. Look, in all these losses, I don't think the Roosters have played like the, the Roosters. I mean, yeah, that, that's exactly what it sounds like. I mean, like, I am diminishing the, the, the teams that have beaten them. I don't think the Roosters have fucking played like they did, you know, in the first couple of rounds. No. At all. Like, I don't think they've played anywhere near that. So, yeah, I, th- I think that they'll they'll win. I mean, St. George, you know, the, you can't question the fact that statistically their defence is very, very good this season. However... You know, there are going to be the days where the teams score more than that, you know, average. And the exactly. Dragons, I don't think they have the points in them, to be honest. I mean, they, you know, they they still they do still still struggle, you know, to to, to pile the points, points on, on the board. Yeah. Melbourne Storm take on the mighty Manly Sea Eagles down there at Amy Park, six o'clock on Anzac Day Saturday. Referees Matt Chechen and Henry Perinara, so I expect the tackle counts to be variable. <laughs> and. <laughs> Why do they keep putting these cunts together when they can't? When this is the, the two times they've been combined count, to fuck count up. Down to seven. And the thing is, when you listen to games, you know, closely, you can hear the referees bantering back and forward, like you know, that's whatever, you know, that's that's two. You know, how can they fuck it up so badly when they like? I mean, the one with the dogs versus fucking who were they playing that time? Was it Souths? Yeah, it was. It was the fucking bottle throwing one. I mean, when they they got the when the dogs got seven tackles to score that try. That was that was a, wasn't a tackle count mistake in terms of counting. That was a tackle count mistake, and it should have been. It shouldn't have been. Yeah, you started zero one tackle. instead of yeah. zero. Yeah, yeah. So, but these ones where the tackles are actually miscounted, it just takes seems to take such a fucking fundamental failure of 
both of the referees in tandem that it's almost like a fail-safe thing. It just shouldn't ever poss- you know, be possible to happen. Um, but one's, one's there to enforce the 10. Like, you could be counting mm. tackles. Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, mate. Look, I think the Roosters... Uh, sorry, the Roosters. I think the Storm... I only tend to beat the Storm this year. Exactly. Mighty Mountain um, Seagulls. The fact that the Storm are at home, I think that is, is a big plus for them. Um, and I think they'll be a little bit too strong for Manly. Oh, it'd be way too strong because Manly, <laughs> Manly don't have anyone back from injury. Yeah, exactly. Really, I mean, Kieran Foran, but fuck me, you know, I'd rather they fucking pull him out and put a, a dude from the pub <laughs> in the side there. And then you've got the... The, the, the crucial thing for me is that you're going to have uh, Braden Williams and David Williams on the same side of the field as you did last week. That side of the field is the side manned by uh, Cora Betty. So I'll be getting on Cora Betty for first try scorer into a hat trick. And <laughs> with the money I make from that bet, I will be able to put forward a compelling third-party agreement and Cherry Evans will be staying at Manly in 2016. <laughs> uh, I do not support that view. <laughs> Brisbane Broncos take on the Parramatta Eels. Uh, Suncorp, no doubt you'll be there for this one, right? We'll be. I'll be a little bit rowdy because I'm going to two up. Oh, you're doing the two up and the smashing beers thing? No, I don't know about smashing them, but I'll, I will have a few for well, sure. Well, no, yeah, it's not smashing, but smashing bourbons then. Sorry. Yeah. I miss Spike beer. You're not going to drink beer. No, definitely not. Even though you've got a beer, you're not that much of a man. No, exactly. Exactly. I'm still still on the ciders. <laughs> Are you still on Such a fucking hipster. Um, yeah, but you drink like the strawberry ones too, though, right? Oh, I do, but I, I've got a... Um, if you're going to drink those, the pear ones are fucking... I've taken a, uh, taken a bit of a liking to Summersby's. So, you know, if you want to go and buy me a few of them, just saying. What, in terms of the, in terms of the, the movie with fucking Richard Gere and, and Jodie Foster? No, I just... I w- <laughs> you're, so, you're such a... Shave that fucking beard off. Drink your fucking ciders and watch your Richard Gere movies. <laughs> Do you want to talk about football? That makes me a man, and you've just <laughs> demasculated me. Uh, so, what were you going to say about this? What were you going to say? De- demasculated's a word, isn't it? Or is it emasculated? Fucking hyperbole. It's beautiful. <laughs> fucking stop. Broncos by how many? You want to yeah. play two up? How many? How many times is fucking what? Am I going to drop it this time? <laughs> Yeah, I think I think the Broncos will be too strong, um, just too solid uh, with their structures back at home. They'll be a, a different unit, and I don't think Parra could go with them. Penrith Panthers take on the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks Sunday muddy puddle. I'd have to go the Sharkies. I'm going if, Sharks. The way they go, it's irresistible. The it's it's only the Monday Monday night hangover, but they you know half of their recovery session as as the earlier tweet suggested was done during the game so they'll be should be rested and recovered Paul Gallen comes back into the side forwards will be way too strong for Penrith and should roll over the top of them um, and then young Jack Bird Valentine Holmes will, will, will do the rest and I think they'll win quite comfortably Penrith side who fucking knows what you're going to get there I mean they've named about 400 players here so <laughs> you know I'm ple- it's pleasing to see George Jennings in the main side just you know for purely for the super coach catch, catch exactly. purposes um, the other thing is I know I, I, I was going to mention this back when Manly played him a couple of weeks ago but is Reagan Campbell Gillard what a fucking political love child he is <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> throw a bunch of political leaders in a room let them fuck and then you know Send the kid to play footy with Penrith. 
I like where your head's at. Um, yeah, and he's certainly, you know, across political lines too. <laughs> South Sydney Rabbitohs take on the Canberra Raiders. Also, a Sunday game. Raiders um, in reasonable form. Rabbitohs not so much. Where's Barlow Park? Cairns. Oh, they're up in Cairns. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Look, I'm going to have to tip the the Rabbitohs. Um, I think it'll be a very close game. I wouldn't be surprised for for Canberra to jag it, jag it rather. Um, maybe with a you know some late Blake uh, Blake Austin. <laughs> you're not trying to part. You're actually talking about Blake Austin, though. You're not trying to like fucking move the conversation on, right? No, no, no. I'm actually talking about him. <laughs> um, no, I think South's good. I mean, it's, at the end of the day. Look, I th- well, one thing that this that this period of um, you know, injury to to Reynolds, this the, the South going through at the moment, I think it's showing that Luke Keery's not very good. Oh, that's harsh. I think that's really harsh. I think he offers. Look, I, I don't. I don't want to go as far as to say that he offers nothing. He's not ready. He's but not he ready to little. be the guy. He's not ready to be the main guy. He's, he's, he's not the good enough to be the guy. Oh, I disagree. Not yet, but I think he's there. But I think he's. He misses that steadying influence of of, of Reynolds, um, and he's not ready to step up and be the the alpha dog just yet. Um, but really, that's where English really needs to come in and, and assert his dominance in the game. And I think you know, that's that's probably where the Rabbitohs are going to win it. I think English will be the difference. is full time for episode 185 as always you can interact with us on Twitter so follow at TWI League um, on Facebook as well facebook.com forward slash this week in league and we're on Instagram as well this week in league so get on there and uh, you know we throw stuff up uh, now and then as we get it and make sure you tag us in there too with like a hash twill or hash twillation uh, or just tag our name on Instagram so we can see stuff and you know we'll repost your shit uh, if it's not shit of course um, iTunes no new reviews this week how dare you? And given the percentage, the, the number of reviews we got reflects a, a fucking minor percentage of our listeners. And I'm talking single digit percentage of our listeners. So that means there's a lot of people listening to the show right now who haven't given us a review. And so the people who've given us reviews, you don't need to go back and, you know, refresh yours or anything so it jumps back to the top. That's not what we're saying here. We're saying to the people who haven't done that, the lazy cunts amongst you, get on iTunes right now. Podcast this week in league review rating throw five stars on there for starters and I know how many there are so you know I know if you've done it or not and they throw in a review it's it's so simple to do I have seen a shift in our ratings we're still five stars we've got like two hundred and sixty plus five star reviews versus a handful of less than five stars I'm sure that we were nine four stars one three star two two stars and seven one stars Jesus and it's switched to 8128 so someone's taken a four star and turned it into a one star (laughs) over the last weeks Uh, just saying how dare you motherfucker we'll find you got a very particular set of skills (laughs) you're trying to make it happen Um, (laughs) tipping NZ Tiger takes the lead with uh, six 
out of eight in the last round, which is a pretty great effort considering the results that we had. Um, there's a four-way log jam at the top, though. David Kingston, The Mitch Eye, and Bush and Lemon also on top there. One point back, Tucker and Doug. And at one point further back, we have Desi's Ducks, Chris Blackwell, uh, Manola Calvete. That's an exotic sounding motherfucker. Wow. And Paul Mack underscore 78. Fantasy. Rick Grimes, bitch on top again. Uh, one Trick Pony, the Pool Cues, Top China Dragons, Sesame Timbers, the Wendells, Puds Picks, TBI Dragons, Fiji and Eels, and uh, the Bobbers round out the top 10. My team finished 11th, I think, of the teams this round, but I'm still a little bit further back. Um, terrible round two with Gallon withdrawing on the day, and he was my captain. Um, that sucks. I think I, I think I threw the captain on Jack Bird, though, so, I mean, you know, it all worked out in the end. Um, and the Pick the Ladder competition, I actually... Remembered to include it this time <laughs> for X-Plane. Mad Dog No Space is on top at the moment. Wow. East Fan, second, moved up 21 places. In third, Sam McNally, 5482. He moved up 34 places. This wow. competition is just so fucking variable. Like, you know, um, uh, Chris Girot, nine places up to fourth. Uh, DJ X-Plane, he was third. He's dropped to fifth. Um, Sammy Boy, 1986, has moved up a couple of places to sixth. Jesse McIntyre, brother of Timmy, he's seventh, moved up 22 places. The big mover, Evil Conspiracy on Twitter, eighth place, moved up 43 places. Possibly Jesus. the biggest mover of the round. That's uh, impressive. Up 23, dropped four places to ninth. And uh, YB203 moves up 25 places to 10th. And the top 10 will be completely cleaned out and different next week, no doubt. Um, remember, we're still cleaning out. I'm actually doing a stock take of um, sizes for every fucking shirt that we possibly have in existence. Because we're going to clear these fuckers out before the end of the financial year as far as... Um, there's some leftover... Um, Tool Nation shirts from last year that we had surplus. Um, there's one Revelation shirt left, I believe. A um, couple of Tigers in the decline, like, you know, three, I think, three, maybe four. They're um, irrelevant. Yeah, and so basically going to run all these motherfuckers out for like, you know, 15 bucks a piece or something like that, just getting the hell out of here. So we'll keep you uh, up to date with that. And um, the Run TMB shirts, I think it's off the top of my head, I haven't looked, I think it's about eight left. So Tigers fans, dead set. The amount of Tigers fans we have listening to this show. Get around me. 1% Get in over me. Get under me. Get in me. There you go. There you go. And uh, jerseys. We need to sell another six to get this going. So get in there and do it. And our uh, memberships. There's about another 10 left. So if you said you were going to get one, make sure you get in there and get one because that won't be extending again. Um, they're still there at the moment. But last time I put the hard word on, they, they all disappeared in a day too. So move it. And finally, one, uh, one last thing. Mutt brought up this week. He said, you know, can we lose the chapters? in the in the podcast and i was like well you know why and apparently he's uh, got a burner android phone and if you stop the podcast that you know you can only resume at the start of a chapter rather than exactly where you were etc etc right. so uh, what i'm just doing is just putting it out there for people do, do you use the chapters do you find the chapters useful do you not do you have the same trouble the map has etc etc let us know just with the chapters because just with the chapters no yeah. one else has half the problems map has yeah, yeah, exactly. Just, a chat, just a chat for the podcast. Because um, at the end of the day, it would save me, you know, probably two minutes on the edit time, not lining up the chapters. So, like, I'm happy to lose them from a time standpoint, but really it doesn't make much of a difference to us either way. So, uh, let us know what the deal is. And, uh, yeah, that's that. All we got time for. What's well, all we got time for? I mean, Glenn will literally die if we continue any further. So, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so, yeah, we still got an hour's drive. Exactly. So, see you next see week. See you next week. 
Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.